This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Episode 115 of the Mandatory Samson Podcast. I am not going to tell you what we're talking about. You can probably guess. It's a two and a half hour episode. You know you want to listen. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Mandatory Samson Podcast, everyone. Ooh, do we have a good show today. My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined by Joseph Noe. Hi, everybody. I'm joined by Matt Weiss. Hi, Chris. Not everyone, just hi, Chris. Talk to the people. Let them know hi, hi, everybody. There you go. What are we talking about today? Like I said, we have a very good program. These are some of the topics. We've got some quick hits off the top. We're going to talk about Michael Flynn being out as NatSec advisor to Donald Trump. The border wall. Hmm. We're also going to talk about Israeli deport, uh, excuse me, Israeli settlements, Dakota Access Pipeline, and the veterans showing up. Joey, you called this last week, and we have a quick email from Tanner on that subject. Nice. Also, we're going to get to Trump odds and ends, which I think is... How we're going to do it from now on, it's not going to be Trump administration update. It's just Trump odds and ends because mm-hmm. I feel like we spent a lot of time talking about Trump, uh, rightfully so in some ways. He is a president in the United States. After yeah, all. and he's affecting a lot of different things. But I do want to diversify the program again, get more stuff that maybe isn't being covered as much. We're going to do that, I think, a little bit more in today's program at the end because we have two media criticism clips, Ooh. one commercial and one talk show, right? Yeah, I hear That's you. nice. But then we do have the Trump odds and ends to close the program, which is just... A random collection of things that happened regarding the president this week. That wasn't necessarily a, a, a full news story, but we're still going to get into it. I think odds and ends is the way to put it. It's odd and we're waiting for the end. <laughs> yes, that's Aww. exactly right. No, that's the truth. Boo. <laughs> Whoa. No, I thought that was really good. Uh, also, I just want to say at the top of the program, before we get into anything else, Brian Wilson, we talked about it last week. We played his song at the end of the episode, which I got feedback. A lot of people really enjoyed that. Awesome. Brian Wilson's Oso Perizoso, that's his album, his debut solo album is coming out March 7th. Don't delay. Go pre-order that. You can go to Brian Wilson, B-R-Y-A-N, Wilson.bandcamp.com. You can pre-order the album for $10. Are you kidding me? That's perfect. You get the album. Uh, and you can also, if you don't want to pre-order it, that's fine, but that's probably the best idea. Otherwise, you can go on iTunes. You can go on, you know, a- anywhere, Spotify, wherever wherever you're going to get music. You can get the album. But I would go pre-order it because I think it's a great album. Right? I mean, am I crazy? Absolutely. All right. Uh, you guys got anything off the top? Oh, yes. Before we get into anything. So I got a Snapchat uh-huh. from Big Country. Hi, uh, Big Country. Who you know, has been uh, following the show for quite a while. He said, hey, uh, did you see about Gamergate today? And I was like, no. And then I texted Joey. And he's like, Joey, get on it. So I'm we, on it. It's back. For the, the first time in 100 episodes. No, we're going to do it now. For the first time in what? forever. We got a Gamergate update, Joey. Right. So basically what ended up happening is thanks to the Freedom of Information request was sent to the FBI to release the files that they have on Gamergate. So huh. this January, the files are released, and virtually what ended up happening was... Well, wait, you know what? Before we get into it. So for people who maybe are new to the show, 
Gamergate was this thing that happened on the first episode, the first like two episodes yes. of the podcast. We were talking about it. It's this kind of confusing thing that happened. It's a cluster. A lot of things are going on. Yeah, that that has to do with like gaming, like ethics in gaming, and, and like and feminism women, in gaming, and it's just and huge. then also people like attacking women that are involved in games. And 4 channel, a channel. There's a lot going on, and we're not really clear on what exactly happened or what continues to happen but if you know you can let us know but go ahead joe now give the update so the fbi was investigating a few individuals who made death and rape threats to to women um so the fire was released back in january and basically it says that there were men that confessed to the fact that, yes, they did this, which is a federal crime, and the FBI has decided not to press any charges on these individuals. Really? Yes. Well, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think it's not good. Uh, I did get a quote from Brianna Wu, uh -huh. and this is her opinion about the situation. All this report does... We almost had Brianna Wu on the... Pro By the way, I mean, it's been like 130 episodes I know. ago. So we, we actually were almost going to get Brianna Wu to like call into the show and talk to us. But I think at the time, Andy, who used to be on the show, like he made some negative comments about her on the program that weren't nice. So I yeah. think maybe she just didn't want to... She probably listened and was like, oh, that was mean. So yeah, we missed out. So a quote from Brianna Wu. All this report does for me is... Is show how little the FBI cared about the investigation. I'm fairly livid. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, these threats, th that's the thing. Like, outside of the whole Gamergate thing, which, you know, has its merits and doesn't, people being threatened online or, or people sending stuff to your house or all this stuff. Like, and that's, being doxxed and stuff. Yes. Not that, good. That's de that's very serious stuff. And you got to, you, you have to take it seriously. And especially if these guys have now confessed or whatever, admitted that they had something to do with it. We're just not going to continue and give them any kind of punishment. That's really crazy. Here, here, one example. One individual confessed that he knew it was a crime. The man understood that it was a federal crime to send a threatening communication to anyone and would never do it again. The FBI wrote. Oh, that's good. So he just said, "I won't do it again." Yeah, and they're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, it's okay. We believe get out of here." You scamp the him a little pat on the ass. And you, like, go, you go at it. Boys will be boys. Yeah, right. That's fucked up. Now, listen to this. One of the individuals was known to make forty to fifty threatening in phone calls so he picked up the phone and called 40 50 times making threats and he's just like <sighs> is your refrigerator running no it's, it's a little bit more serious than that I, i'm obviously making a lot of it yeah no that's that's very scary especially if you're you know uh i mean it's scary for anybody that's crazy to just be harassed that way but to be a woman or you know whatever and you know that people are targeting you that's really fucked up well also you, you and have she's also trans if, if i'm not speaking out of term brianna Wu, correct i don't recall. well whatever but these are people i know that, we spoke about it but i i can't pull that from my archive yeah matt's moment. on it he's gonna look it up but i'm, I'm almost positive but it, regardless it's still a messed up situation but you also don't know if people have these kind of like bigoted uh, you know ideas towards yes. you or whatever well also the other thing too is with a lot of these women that's their livelihoods is video games right and you're directly not only take you know um you know going after them but you're going after their livelihoods right because then they're not being taken or they're scared to even put anything out then as far as talking about video games or whatever. yeah yeah it's weird man it's a weird community plus you got to figure a lot of these people that are going after them it's like i play video games so i'm not saying you know anything generally but you think people that are going to attack women 
in video gaming, they're probably not the, the these guys are probably not the most social creatures in the world, right? They're just like obsessed with video games and they don't want anybody coming into their little club, you know? Correct. And, and also the other thing that we woke to recently is the fact of trolling on Twitter. Yeah. This is one of the first instances where you could see how negative that trolling can be. Yeah, this is really where that started. And not start. I mean, obviously people it's have been around been but online, but it came into the culture that way. Yes. I, I couldn't find anything about her gender orientation. Okay, that's fine. I, for some reason, I remember, but okay, but it doesn't matter. But anyway, but that's unfortunate. But wow, exciting! A GamerGate update, first time in a long time, and no one still got prosecuted for anything they've done. Right, not good. How are the sales of Depression Quest doing? All right, that's a deep cut. That's yeah. Only true Samsonites know what I'm referring to there. All right, you ready to get on with the program today? Yep, let's do it. We got a lot to talk about, and I think it's a good one. Like I said, I, I'm a little, I'm invigorated to do this episode. Not that I'm, you know, ever completely out of it, but today we got some other stuff to talk about, as opposed to just Trump. We're going to talk about some other things, which I'm excited. As I mentioned last week, I've added some right wing sites to my rotation. I added Red State, nice. Which out of the three that I've added. Red State's probably the best one. I'm doing little air quotes, but that's, you know, out of the three, I think that's probably the... When you say best, yeah, can you define that a little bit by what you mean? I just mean in terms of credibility. Like, okay. you know, the way the articles are written, I think are better written articles. I think they're more... The integrity of journalism. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Then, I, then I added the Daily Caller, which is like fine, but... I'm going to have an example here that I that I find keeps happening as I keep looking at more and more of these sites mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And I also added Breitbart, but I truth be told, I have not really looked at Breitbart because I just don't see any reason to do it. It's really just like check in, you know, pop your head in the loony bin, mm-hmm. see what's going on, and then slam the door shut before anybody gets out. Um, I noticed a couple of things. First, they're very defensive. There's a lot of that. Like when you go to these right-wing sites, as opposed to going to the left-wing sites or quote-unquote left-wing sites, Huffington Post, Daily Coast, different things like that, the right-wing sites are very, you see, we're not, you know, look, we can point to this, and it's very defensive as opposed to just laying out their own argument and, you know, providing facts about that. It's always Mm -hmm. trying to be like, look what the other side is doing. Oh, yeah, but look, you know, and it's odd that that's that's sort of the tenor, but you could see it when you watch a Tommy Laren. Tommy yeah. Laren was on Bill Maher recently, which was cool that Bill Maher had her on and I was excited to watch that. Bill treated her fairly, I think. Mm-hmm. But as you go through it, most of what she would do as opposed to... So I go, you know what? The best apples are red. Mm-hmm. And instead of her being like, well, I hear your point, but honestly, from my perspective, the green apples are the best and here's why. She would just go, oh yeah, of course, because, you know, yeah, right. Everybody knows that, right? Like she would just respond with like these sort of sarcastic for her base kind of responses as opposed to. So she wasn't adding to the conversation. No, she was kind of preaching to the choir, which is what I feel like a lot of these, not that left wing sites don't do that to an extent, but a lot of these conservative sites you go to it and it's just that as yeah. opposed to being like, here's something that we're talking about separate and outside of what, you know, rebutting stuff that the left has said, you know? Well, back in the day when it was Walter Cronkite read the news for 30 minutes a day, it wasn't you're trying to appeal to a base, you're, you're trying to get viewers. It's that's the news. I'm going to read you the facts. Now it's about 24 hour cable news. I need, we have this channel is doing nothing but news all day. I need to draw in as many viewers as possible and I'm going to, I want consistent viewership. That's what it's about. Yeah. Well, so, definitely there's a difference there, but I, but it's not even that. It's not even that point because it's not like the left-wing media doesn't go, 
oh, look what this asshole said today. And then they show a clip and then they go, see, we, we were right about that. That that happens on both sides. But it's less of their own, I feel like, journalism that's being done or articles written just outside of critiquing the other side. You know what I mean? Which you go to a left-wing site or I'm using that term just I mean, broadly. Yeah, there's, there's not many like left-wing sites are not really. But whatever. But I'm saying there's much more to me. And again, you you know, people that are left listening, you know that I'm looking at this stuff quite a bit. And now I've started looking at this right-wing stuff a lot more. There isn't a tangible difference in terms of journalistic value, credibility in terms of being able to provide facts. And it's sort of just, oh yeah, but kind of j- reporting, which I find odd. That's the first thing I noticed. Second, a lot of out of context. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have an example here, an article about Al Franken by this guy, Peter Hassan, H A S S O N on the daily call caller titled Al Franken has his own history of using ugly, offensive language. You can look that up. All right. That's the guy, the author's name, Peter Hassan. And that's the title of the article. This is a prime example of out of context and being defensive because the article is titled has his own history of ugly offensive language. Like Al Franken said that Trump's a racist, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It's mm. trying, it's like these sort of ad hominem things as opposed to, I don't like Jeff Sessions, but also here's substantive reasons why Jeff Sessions shouldn't be the same. You know what I mean? It's like that. That's the difference. All right. In response, Franken apparently said that Trump calling Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, which he calls her cause she checked native American on some of her forms or something, whatever. Um, he, Al Franken said that that's racist of him to, to, to say that. I have some quotes and information, and I'm going to read it right now. Okay. Okay? And this is just, it's not to pick on it. I'm going to continue to look at this stuff because I actually do, you guys get the, the links that I send you. I send you an email the night before we do the show, how like the rundown, and a lot of the, it's a diverse set of links. We have yes. Huffington Post, The Guardian, Vox, you know, Intercept, Bri- uh, not Breitbart, The Daily Caller, Red State, Reuters, we're all over the place. We got a lot of stuff. So that's not the point. I do want to point this out, though, because I see the difference. This is part of the article. Al Franken has his own history of using ugly, offensive language by Peter Hassan. Minnesota Senator Al Franken called President Trump racist over the weekend for referring to Senator Elizabeth Warren, who claims to be part Native American, as Pocahontas. Left unmentioned, however, is Senator Franken's own history of using ugly and offensive language regarding women and minorities, right? So you read that and you go, oh, what did he say? Right. Which is, of course, why I clicked on it because I was like, is there merit to this? While speaking at the White House Correspondents' Dinner in 1996, Franken ridiculed Newt Gingrich with a joke about his daughter's first menstrual period, the New York Post's Deborah Oren reported at the time. The joke was so out of bounds that then-Vice President Al Gore personally walked over to Gingrich's table with an apology. The Weekly Standard noted that after the dinner, adding, soon after, Gingrich encountered Franken and told him that, were Gingrich not a public figure, he'd have punched the comic out. Okay, so now you read that and you go, whoa, what the fuck did he say? say? That does seem out of bounds, right? Keep in mind, Al Franken is a a comic at the time. He's not a senator or anything. No, he's a comedian. So that's how the article's put. Then they have links to stuff from the time, which you follow through, and that's where it gets interesting because here's the context. This is from a MediaResearchCenter.org article at the time about what actually happened. Speaking of the White House Correspondents Association dinner, reporters who were so upset by Don Imus's anti-Clinton jokes last month didn't react similarly to Al Franken's arguably over-the-line knocks at Newt Gingrich. The New York Post's Deborah Oren reported Monday, over the line, Gingrich fumed to Franken, who ridiculed the speaker with a joke about his daughter's first menstrual period. Now, 
Here's the context. Franken's joke played off, played off of Gingrich's controversial remarks that women aren't as suited for military combat roles because they get infections and have, quote, biological problems staying in a ditch for 30 days. Oh. So what is he talking about, right? He's saying they get their period, they can't be in the, the foxhole with the guys, right? Uh-huh. That's, the, that's what Gingrich said. The joke that Franken makes is Franken said that that line brought to mind images of the speaker back when his daughter was 13 talking with her about her first infection. That's a joke, right? That's the joke. It's not joking about his daughter's period. It's joking that when Newt Gingrich tried to explain it to her, he didn't know how because he thinks getting a period is having an infection. Oh. Oh. Right. So when you look at the full... Now that frustrates me because I'm in the article. I'm reading the article and I go, okay, I'm interested. But now you've tried to trick me. You didn't give me the full context and you had the full context because you included the goddamn link to it. So what? So you wrote a nonsense thing, included the thing that makes your, it obvious that your link is, is nonsense and then still put it out anyway as though it was news. That's frustrating. Huh. Sources told the Post that a, VP, a VIP reception after the dinner, he was going to punch him in the nose. Okay, so it leaves out the part where Franken didn't make fun of the daughter for having her period. He made fun of Newt Gingrich for not being able. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a different spin. All right. So why did you more. come There's across this part. originally? Because I've been looking at the Daily Caller and and, stuff. and it was just this an article somebody was, wrote that happened 20 years ago. Well, no, it was an article that came out recently. We're saying, hey, Al Franken, you're going to call Trump oh. a racist for saying Pocahontas. Well, we got the Look dirt on you. you. Yeah. Okay. But he didn't. <laughs> you might be offended by the joke still, but that's not the same. It's not the same context as they're trying to make it seem. Well, they're trying to make the joke seem like Al Franken was like, hey, Newt Gingrich, your daughter's a dirty bitch and she has her period. That's not what <laughs> happened, right? But that's what they're implying. He, he didn't make a personal attack on the daughter. He made right. an attack on Newt Gingrich first of all. Right, and he used the daughter as the premise. And Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, he, he has a daughter. Even if he doesn't have, have a daughter, that joke still works on a general... Of course. Like, he's a comedian. That is his job. Well, right, because who else would Newt Gingrich be explaining a period to? You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's, a, it's a premise that... There, there's some there's a, it, there's a joke in the premise. It's not bad. Okay, so uh, the, oh, good. Uh, but I, I was going to say the reason that they do include the like that link in the article is they can say, "Oh, see, we held up journalistically. This this is all true." Of but course, they, but it, that allows them to skew what they're trying to say. Well, that's the problem. Not many people. That's the thing. If you you see the headline, it's one thing, and you go, "Yeah, of course, that fucking Al Franken," and you skip it, or you read it. You're not going to keep. Now you're not going to click three times to go through to the hyperlinks and really check the context. But of course, that's I'm looking at it with that type of you know, introspection, whatever, whatever the word is. Uh, all right, here's the second part of it. And then we'll move on to the next thing. Franken is also on record making anti-gay comments. And now it quotes, excuse me, Al Franken. It says, I just don't like homosexuals. He told Harvard university student newspaper while working for Saturday night live. If you ask me, they're all homosexuals in the pudding. The pudding is a Harvard social club. Uh, Hey, I was glad when the pudding homosexual got killed in Philadelphia. That's the quote. Now you read that and you go, what? That's odd that Al Franken would say that. Despite his own offensive past, the article continues, Franken had no problem calling out President Trump for his use of the term Pocahontas to refer to Warren. That seems damning at face value. Here's the context. This is from a Harvard Crimson article live from New York. It's Al Franken from April 16th, 1976. That's where they're getting this quote from. Here's the full paragraph from that. He recalled writing a skit called Semen on Broadway that was rejected from the Hasty Pudding Show, the Hasty Pudding Social Club's like comedy troupe or whatever at the time. By some, uh, he remembers it being rejected, quote, by some preppy so they could take some other preppy skit. Franken started to smile again, but his tone was serious. 
too serious. It's not preppies, because I'm a preppy myself. I just don't like homosexuals. If you ask me, they're all homosexuals in the pudding. Hey, I was glad when the pudding homosexual got killed in Philadelphia. The smile became so broad, it pushed his eyes shut. He couldn't stand it any longer. Put that in. Put that in, Franken laughed, leaning over the desk. I'd love to see that in the crimson. He's being hyperbolic. Yes, he is. To be funny. That it's interesting when you take the first part of it without the part about Al Franken smiling and being like, put that in. Like, I'd love <laughs> to see that in. go in because he knows it's offensive and crazy. He's not saying it seriously. I mean, if you take Jonathan Swift's a modest proposal at face value, it sounds like he's proposing to eat all the children in, in Ireland. Of course, but that's what they're trying to do. So it but makes a huge difference when you cut off the last part where they explain what Franken was doing. I, I just want to say uh -huh. that's that was a great reference, Matt. You're welcome. Yeah, it's a good point. What do you want me to do? People heard it. They got it. <laughs> I, I just wanted to let it sink in. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Am I wrong? Like, am I reading that wrong? He's not saying he actually hates homosexuals. He's glad one of them got killed in Philadelphia. He's saying it to be. He's saying it to the journalist who's looking at him and he's smiling and then being like, "Go ahead, put that in." Yeah. Like people are going to lose their minds over it, knowing that it's a joke. And the person writing the article did put that in. Right. He did, and it, you know, it comes across that way in the actual article. But Peter Hassan, H-A-S-S-O-N, who works for the Daily Caller, he's, he neglected to include that part, and that's what's frustrating. So then now, now I got to look at all the rest of it. When I'm looking at it, I go, I got to see the context. I can't just trust it at face value because some of their writers take it completely out of context. And you do not see that. You just don't see that on a lot of the other sites that I go to, the more left-wing or the more mainstream sites. You just don't. Because it's not fair. It's ridiculous. If you, What is the point of doing that? It's just an ad hominem attack on uh, Al Franken. Uh, views. Yes and no, right? But it, can, it, can, it keeps a narrative going of like, oh, they're going to attack us for being racist? Well, look at this. Al Franken fucking is glad gay people get murdered. No, he's not. That, no, he's not. Well, well and so this ultimately shows the difference between something like the New York Times or something that is more biased. Something that is more biased, won't, you have to do your homework on top of it in order to actually understand it. A, a better journalistic organization like the New York Times puts all the context in the article. Absolutely. It puts yes. the required context in it. So it might have a bias to it, but it'll give you the context and let you have your own judgment. That's another as I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, obviously the New York Times is a journalistic outfit. They have employed. I, I think of them as one of the standards of yeah, journalistic integrity. Of course. Um, fake news. Go fuck your mom. Uh, so anyway, so, but right. But and then exactly. They're putting the context in the articles. They do provide, you know, sources if they need to do that or whatever, you know, a bibliography, depending on what, what it is. But yeah, you go there and the context is there and they have links maybe to different definitions of things, you know, explaining what things are, but it's all there. This is a different thing. And I see it a lot on the other, on the, the right wing sites where it's a very cut and paste. It's like, oh yeah. Uh, Al Franken, and then it's like cut and paste from something else from 20 years ago, and then it just like it's not all put together; it's pasted together as opposed to being a pastiche of you know information and journalism. And I mean, the New York Times might if they have, if they're talking about a video or they're talking about something like that, they'll they'll post the whole video so you yeah. can see it as context, right? But they'll include all the context in everything that you really need in the context. Yeah, it's all there. Rather than the, picking and choosing just to make a point. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing to do, especially when you are including the link to the article that it's like you, you're just showing people that it's not there and you're also proving that people don't do their own research and look and, into stuff. The Intercept, I'm just going to say, one of the best as far as providing sources and, and mm -hmm. all that stuff is, is great. Judge, are you going to say something or Matt? Well, I mean, I was just going to say that it, the problem is everyone just lives in the headlines and reads the headlines. We need to get past that and 
Yeah, well, I'm proving it right now. You need yeah. to go. You look at the headline. Oh, okay. Click, read the article. And then if it provides other links, even within that, you got to check those too and read the full context. Because if it sounds, it's too good to be true that a Democrat senator, this progressive Democratic senator, is such a fucking hypocrite that it, it is impossible that he can be that much of a hypocrite. And it is actually impossible because they're, they're taking it out of context. It, it's too good. Look, they took something he said when he was a comedian out of context. You're right, but like I, I, I. So everyone does their homework, and not everybody does their homework. That's my point, and that's the problem with this stuff. And I'm going to keep looking at it. I think this is going to be something that we're going to do a lot. I am probably going to, you know, have an article or whatever from the Daily Caller or Red State that we can kind of discuss because some of it, I'm sure, and Red State is better, I would say, at this, but it's still you can see kind of the the thread that runs through all these right-wing sites and why it appeals to that base as opposed to the left, you know, so we're going to keep it going, but this is just a point I wanted to well, make. Yeah. Once again, it's just a feedback loop. It's not even a feed. Well, yes, it is to an extent, but, uh, but I'm saying it's all, it's, it's combating the, the other side, you know, however you want to define that, not with your own argument or with a fact based retort to something that was put out. It's just going to the source and being like, even better, we don't have to dispute what Al Franken's saying because he's a hypocrite. Fuck Al Franken. Done. That's what they're trying to do as opposed to having an actual conversation, you know? Uh, so, so i just like to point out there are different types of articles that you just pay attention when you're reading. If you see something that is entirely like that, the article is just fact-based of, oh, here's a current event happening. This many people were injured. This like These, num- these are the numbers. Then that's probably that probably has less bias between which site you go to. Right. But when you're reading... Maybe, but yes. Yeah, but but when you're reading an attack piece, when you're reading something that's trying to put motive to something, understand that if you're trying to make a judgment based on someone's motive, it's up to interpretation, and you have to be aware that different sites will interpret that differently. Yeah. So that's where you really have to look for bias. Of course. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, Joey, any final thoughts on this? We'll get to the next thing. This next thing really pisses me off. Oh, let's get to it. Okay. Uh, Things that piss you off. Yeah. My type of key. In, Damn it. Into your type of key. Type it's supposed to be cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's close enough. Uh, Intel CEO Brian Kurzanich, K-R-Z-A-N-I-C-H. So I'm pronouncing it Kurzanich. I could be wrong. In a media-attended meeting with Donald Trump this week, announced the company would invest $7 billion to build a factory in Arizona creating 3,000 jobs. I have a quote from Krasanich and then a quote from Donald Trump on Twitter. Krasanich says, it's in support of the tax and regulatory policies that we see the administration pushing forward that really make it advantageous to do manufacturing in the United States, which, okay, it sounds like a big deal for Trump, It's a huge deal for Trump. Donald Trump says, thank you, Brian Krasanich, CEO of Intel. A great investment, $7 billion, in parentheses, all caps, in American innovation, all caps, and jobs, all caps, exclamation point, hashtag America first, then an American flag emoji. That's the president of the United States. Here's the problem. You ready for the problem? Intel already announced the factory called Fab 42 in 2011. Obama gave a fucking speech in front of the factory in 2012, and Intel tweeted about it on January 25th, 2012 at 8.26 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is 
infuriating. And I warned us about it before Trump took office. The week before Trump took office, I said, pay attention to what the economy looks like now. Pay attention to jobs that have already been announced. Because once Trump gets in office, they're going to pretend like he did it. This was announced fucking six years ago. Yeah. He's taking credit. Well, credit is due. Not even he's taking credit. He should. If they're going to give him credit, he should take credit. Intel is pretending like they're announcing the deal today. It was done already. And do you, do you want to know why they're doing it now, I, I would bet? Again, why? I have a signing motive where I can't prove yeah. it. It's because everyone knows that the way to get Trump's favor is to stroke his ego. They're stroking, oh, his, absolutely, e- they're, yeah. they're stroking his ego. This is already a done deal, but like, it's not like anyone can boycott Intel chips. It's an, if you buy a computer, you... The major, vast majority of people get the chip that comes with it. Yeah, well, right? but it's uh, yes, but, definitely. Well, God. But so by stroking his ego, if they need, if they're trying to get something in the future, they're just trying to butter him up. They're trying to get this is oh, see, we we're giving you credit now. Uh, give us a tax break. Yeah, but it's also well, that's that's what I was going to say. It's all. It's not. Yes, it is a little bit about stroking Trump's ego, but it's also, hey, uh, America, look, like when you get a president in there that's against regulation, like we can create jobs, but they already fucking did that. There's a whole Obama sat, there's a speech. I was looking for a clip of it, but it was like 25 minutes long. Obama's giving a speech Uh to a crowd of people cheering and clapping in 2012. He looks like a young man, Obama. And it's like a joyous occasion. And he's announcing like, look, we can, thank you. We can bring American manufacturing back. And he's talking about it. It's like, are you fucking nuts? And now we're going to pretend that no, the, the factory, they stopped building it in 20, I think 13 for like a little while, which they're counting as part of like a PC sales downturn. Mm -hmm. And then they restarted it. And now they're announcing it as though it never happened. Is that crazy? Yes. But do you know what's infuriating? You want to know what infuriates me? Sure. Um, they're like taking like a bow that they're creating 3,000 jobs. What about the reconstruction phase that they've put into plan where they lay off 12,000 jobs by 2017? Oh, no. They're doing that? Yeah. Yeah. So it gives a shit about 3,000 jobs right. when you're pissing away 12,000 of them. Right. Restructuring, you were saying. Yes. Before. Yeah. Well, there's like the carrier plant. He says, oh, yes, we're going to save all these jobs, but we're going to give them this money, which is going to go to automation to get rid of those same jobs. Right. Well, that's a win. That one's a win. Uh, I get it, but that one's a win for Trump. It's not a win for the American people. It's a win for Trump. So it's a win for some of the American people. <laughs> temporarily, until automation kills those jobs anyways. Well, which that's not he, Trump's fault, though. But, yeah, he's giving taxpayer money, which is being directly funded into the automation. Yeah, but that's an inevitability. I mean, we can blame shit on Obama. You know, automation, I get what you're saying, but automation is an inevitability. So whatever, money's going to go into that. That's fine. It should also go into like wind and solar and things like that. But, th- but that's, that's going to happen. But the, that's a win for him politically. I get your point. But this... This literally had nothing to do with him. This already happened. And now they're just repeating the news. Do you know how frustrating that is? Also, the video of Obama giving a speech. You know how many people's how many views do you think on YouTube? Two thousand. Yeah. Oh, you did I did you I send you the link? No, I took a guess. Oh, it's two thousand. You know, sometimes we can guess numbers that correlate to real life. Yeah, it's like two thousand and like change. Yes. That's why. Because nobody fucking it was that wasn't played on the news or now, nothing. Now like, fact of the sin. That clip has been on YouTube for five years. Yeah. And that's all I got, 2,000 views. Right. Interesting, right? Yeah. How many people are going to see the video that Trump tweeted out? More than 2,000. Donald Trump is a self-promoter. That's always been the case. Yeah, he's very good at it. That was Obama. That was a huge problem by Obama, too. Well, Democrats in general. Republicans are better at playing the game. At, they're better at winning and promoting themselves. Well, there's some kind of like more, like moral 
thing about Democrats that they just refuse to do. It's like, should oh, should they play the game? Should they get in the trenches with the Republicans? Yes. <laughs> what 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 are we what we're too good to play? If you want the system to change, you have to actively make the system change. But until the system changes, you got to fucking play to win. Why do you think? How do you think Obama won? He took money from corporations and 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 big moneyed interests. That's the only way he could win. He actually took a lot more from grassroots small donors. But all right. So here's my question. So if you want the Democrats to play the game, what do you want them to do? Don't all the stuff we talked about. Don't bring. Uh, Gorsuch up for a vote. Force the Republicans' hand. Make them be the ones to take the nuclear option and get rid of the filibuster. Good. Let them do that. Don't confirm it. You know, it's like play the game. Stop being like, well, maybe we should see if we can cooperate. You can't. You know there's no cooperation. Bide your time. He's not even going to be president in eight months. You know what I mean? It's like, do what you can. And importantly, work together. Yeah. Yes. Because Republican, I mean, Say I despise Mitch McConnell. I hate. I. I mean, I respect Paul Ryan more than Mitch McConnell, but they're great at keeping their people in line in terms of. If you want to vote against us, you have to get our permission first. Yeah, that's corporate. It's the money, though, too. I mean, that's the thing. They're all bought by the same industries for the most part. But right, I mean, the Republicans by and large do stick together. I mean, that was the whole narrative over the summer of like parties in shambles, and it, it very well may be, but they all found a way to rally behind Trump and accept positions in his administration, and you know shake his hand and blah 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 so right but there's an argument then to be made about whether that's because they've sold out and have no have no real values to their party anymore which that's maybe but what was the value of the party what are they doing now that's the not the values of the concern of the republican party i mean if you compare this republican party to what they've always said they're about like what like what are they not doing that they say they're about supporting small businesses they're supporting big businesses, not small businesses. That's true. I, I don't even mean that. Okay, maybe I don't mean like things that they say that they do the opposite when that's the case. But I'm saying, but like, what are they doing specifically now that is different than what they've always done as opposed to? I think, I mean, if you look at the history of the party, I think it's changed, drastically changed. Over the last since, 20 years, 30 years. I'm yeah, saying. since I mean, since the Jerry Falwell era where he took over and they started took over in the 80s and the religious, they made a deal with the devil, so to speak, with the religious right. Right. Um, I mean. You but were, I'm just saying Trump is not putting out anything. And we talked about it during the primaries. Trump's not policies are no different than mainstream Republican orthodoxy now. And it's not like any of the stuff that's going down couldn't have been done if, you know, Ted Cruz got elected or Paul Ryan got elected or Romney to an extent. You know, like this stuff would have been getting done. It just wouldn't have been done this rapidly and probably with this type of, uh, you know, insane rhetoric behind it. But this this is Republican orthodoxy. The problem is Trump is not qualified to be president and... You know the people that he surrounded himself with are basically incompetent as well. So that that's a big issue. And, and sort of what scared people about Trump in the first place is that, yeah, these are the things that the Republicans have been talking about, but they've been doing it in a two faced way where they've been saying one thing, doing another. Right. This is there. He he just came out in the summer and was like, "Fuck it, we're gonna just do this." Like we're just yeah. gonna, And that's what people didn't want. It like the Republicans were trying to say, "No, no, we." do this without saying we're doing this. Right. And then people were like, no, 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 no. What he said. That's yeah. what we want. We like so, that. Like, why don't you just say it? So it's like, now you're getting what the Republican party has. Like, this is, this is what they've been becoming over 20, 30 years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. Right. This it's is, not like they're doing anything to, like, of course they pay lip service to some stuff, but this is the shit that they've been doing behind the scenes and have wanted to do forever. And this is where their values are. <laughs> whereas they've been saying their values is we care about people. We care about the, no. we care about indi- individual freedoms. No, you don't. Right. You care about corporate about corporate personhood you care about one religion you don't care about the constitution right no i agree joe you got anything 
Not on that. All right. Anyway, so fucking keep your eye out for this type of stuff because you're going to see it a lot. I feel like with different companies and corporations, they're just going to go, you know, it'd be probably a good idea. We should just reannounce this stuff and pretend Trump had something to do with it. Yep. Because <laughs> Intel fucking sure as hell did it. So, okay. Michael Flynn, Donald Trump's national security advisor, resigned the post late Monday, less than four weeks into Trump's presidency amid intelligence leaks that the secretly that he secretly discussed sanctions with Russia's Washington ambassador during the month before Donald John Trump took office. Then acting attorney. Oh, by the way, Uh Brian Krasanich, he makes fourteen point six million dollars a year doing what being the CEO of Intel. Oh, nice. Okay. Then acting Attorney General Sally Yates told top Trump administration officials and Trump weeks ago, the FBI had information that Flynn had been compromised by his close Russian ties. What happened to uh, Yates? She was fired when she refused to, you know, put the travel ban in effect, which, oh, by the way, breaking news, Trump is resigned, like pulling that order back and he's going to sign another one soon. Okay. So keep your eyes peeled. So anyway, so this is what people warned him, like, Hey, this guy, you can't trust this guy at all. Like he has been talking to the Russian ambassador or whatever. The question really becomes now though, what, when did Trump know? When did Pence know? Uh, you know, did they direct these conversations to happen? What is really going on between this administration and Russia? Because it doesn't seem like Flynn would have just done this of his own accord. It seems like he would have been directed to do this stuff. And that's really the question at hand. I don't know. Mm. May I take a minute and read Please. my favorite quote in the uh, probably of this year? Yes, but you know what? Can I just say this one thing first and then you read the quote? Yes. Nine current and former U.S. intelligence officials, because Trump keeps coming out being like, fake media, fake, fake. Nine current and former U.S. intelligence officials who were in senior positions at multiple agencies at the time of the calls confirmed conversations explicitly happened related to the sanctions. Okay? Nine. From multiple places, yes. they're all like, yeah, that that happened. Definitely that happened. They're lying. Okay. I also am kind of pissed because there was a video of Trump coming out of his plane, coming out of Air Force One or whatever the fuck uh-huh. plane he was in. Him and Melania, Melania are coming out of the plane or they're getting on the plane. Reporters are asking him some questions. They ask him a question about this. I don't know. They ask a question about that. And then they go, uh, sir, this is, before, this is over the weekend. They're like, sir, did you... Um, are you aware of the investigation into Michael uh-huh. Flynn and the allegations? And he's like, allegation? No, what What allegation? I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, the allegation about the Russian leaks? And he's like, no, I don't know. Never didn't hear about it. And then he just gets on the plane and walks away. In eight years of Obama, he never... I don't know. No, he never just looked right in someone's face in a camera and was like, I don't know, just like bold, fa- bald-faced lying. He knew at the time. Obviously, he knew. Yes. And it's so clearly him lying. And I forgot to get the clip, which I'm pissed about. I should have got the clip of him. Like, so obviously lying. It's so blatant. It's not to say Obama didn't lie about shit or stretch the truth. But, like, this is a guy being asked a straight-up question. Did you know about it? He's like, what? Who? Who? What? Who just said? Michael what? Yeah, Flynn. Michael Flynn, the guy you appointed? No, I don't know. Okay, Melania. No. You ever heard of him? No, 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 never. You know, they just pretended like they didn't know who this you guy was You have to work on your Melania. If I don't need to. If you're going to hint at it. They're going to get divorced. <laughs> okay. Fine. My uh, favorite quote yeah, coming from Michael Flynn himself. Unfortunately, because of the fast-paced events, I inherently briefed the vice president-elect and others with incomplete information regarding my phone calls with the Russian ambassador. 
I have sincerely apologized to the president and vice president, and they have accepted my apology. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's how fast paced could it be that you don't recall what you said to an ambassador? Well, that's not what he said. What he said was he briefed the president and the vice president, right? But it was just incomplete. <laughs> like a lot was going on. It was just like, you know, I talked to Russia, oh, whatever. Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, Pence came out at the time and was like, no, he didn't say anything about that. They were talking about Christmas or whatever, yeah. you know, holiday pleasantries. And they, they all knew. They all knew. So this is an interesting thing uh, because obviously it involves Russia. Somebody gets kicked out of the administration for less than a fucking four weeks in is insane. But this is a guy that people were like, yeah, he's not, he can't do this job. There's no way he's qualified to do this. Like he doesn't understand how the job works. A lot of people said that got ignored. He got in there and now he's out in three and a half weeks. Take note of that as well. When people are genuinely concerned, a Betsy DeVos, a Rick Perry in their positions, they're like, these people shouldn't be there. This is really, they just shouldn't be there. They don't know what they're doing. They, they're right. They're not just people that are partisan hacks all the time saying this stuff, which there certainly are. But the people in the intelligence community or people in national security, they know what they're talking about. And their allegiance is to this, the place they work for, not in the country, not necessarily the administration, because administrations come and go. These people stay in the intelligence community for decades. So when they see somebody, a red flag or a guy like this, they don't think is going to be able to do the job, they tell us. And if we don't listen, that's at our own peril. But obviously... There's fucking something going on between this administration and Russia. I don't know what it is, but something's up. And this could be the little, you know, like when you get a little pull in your sweater, uh -huh. you're like, oh, God damn it, a string, and you start pulling it. And then before it you rattles. know it, the sweater just kind of unravels. This might be that for this administration and Russia, because trust me, there's more to come with this. All right, two words for you, and I want you to break it down and tell me what I'm thinking. Okay. Logan Act. Yeah, well, would you want to explain what the Logan Act is? Go ahead. I would rather have you do it. You do such a good job explaining things. Generally, Matt, why don't you Google the Logan Act just so you can fill in the blanks here. But generally, the Logan Act has never been... Nobody's ever been tried under the Logan Act. I think it came about in the 1700s, like right when the country first you know, became a country. Uh, and basically, it says that citizens are not allowed to communicate with leaders or ambassadors or whatever high up people in foreign governments mm -hmm. they're not allowed to negotiate based on you know uh, on behalf of the united states or in any way they can't interfere and it's illegal and they can go to jail for that it's like a, a very serious thing they're not allowed to do and at the time fucking flynn is a citizen he's not the national security advisor a month before trump takes office so people were saying or you know suggesting that he's violated the logan act potentially and that that should be looked into i don't think that's going to happen the guy's already resigned and he's probably going to skirt you know any kind of serious punishment but you know that is that generally what it is the logan act yeah i mean i could read you the text yeah right read here. the text good any citizen of the united states wherever he may be who without authority of the united states directly or indirectly commences or carries on any correspondence or intercourse with any foreign government or any officer or agent thereof, with intent to influence the me uh, the measures or conduct of any foreign government or of any officer or agent thereof, in relation to any disputes or controversies with the United States, or to defeat the measures of the United States, shall be fined under the title, uh, or uh, under this title, or imprisoned not more than three years or both. Right. Okay. So that's generally yeah. And it's the, like they wrote it just for him. Well, sure. I mean, this is a very odd case. This never happens. And. Of course, it never happens because it's an unprecedented fucking 
goon that we have in in the office. The other the, the thing about it is it's like the the conversation was about sanctions that Obama put in place on Russia, which Republicans were fucking saber rattling about, being like, "You got to sanction them because they fuck they did this and that they interfered with our you know yeah. they, they they pushed to put these sanctions on." I think that has to do with Ukraine more than anything, right? Is that I mean, what it, was about? it was it's about all the. Russia. I mean, just all the, of the above. They want to put the Republican Party has never been pro Russia until now. Of course, but so, that's right. So, <laughs> right. So they were pushing for that. Obama finally go. Okay, yeah, we're going to put some sanctions, and it had to do with some of the hacking and stuff like that. Flynn calls the ambassador. And he's like, "Listen, Trump's going to be in office in like a couple of weeks. If you guys just play it cool, we're willing to take the sanctions off." You know, that's the speculation, which that is illegal. He's not supposed well, to be doing that at all. Well, There's only one president at a time and one administration at a time. And then you look at the what was in the dossier that came out that's more and more is being corroborated. There's things like, oh, they received 19 percent of the Russian National Oil Company in terms in return for uh, removing the removing sanctions. Well, that's starting to look more true. Yeah. Well, now, that's a speculation. I you mean, know, we don't know. Yeah. Just don't but, throw but, that shit out. We don't. We don't okay, know. Sorry. But but okay. But right. But there's something. That's what I'm saying. Let's see but, what happens. There's going to be more stuff coming out because what are they just going to go? You know, there is going to be a reason why this stuff is happening, why these conversations happen. But uh, in regards to why the quote that Joey threw out earlier about uh, him not saying he briefed them wrong, that part of that is they the Republicans want to protect Mike Pence right now because they don't want if 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 it comes out that Mike Pence knew about this beforehand and then lied publicly, Yahoo. then not only do you have a compromised president, you have a comp- compromised vice president. Sure. And then you get into a real sticky situation. Yeah, because then we got President Paul Ryan, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> there's yeah. never been a case in this co- in this country where we've gone through we were, the Speaker of the House has become president. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, but this we we're looking at a very. I've, we look. We said it before it happened. This is going to be yes. an unparalleled, unprecedented insanity. You know. I mean, but like, now here's the issue. All right. So Michael Flynn behind everyone, maybe not behind everyone's back, but with incomplete information, talking to the ambassador. That's what he says. Okay. But what other incomplete information has he relayed to the president of the United States? Great question, Joey. I love like where your head's at. The the bigger question is, and I've read this stuff, that the intelligence community is keeping information from Trump. They do not fully trust that the president they can't trust him with information regarding Russia because they do not know how deep the conflict is. That's a slippery slope. It's actually insane that you can't trust the only person you're supposed to be able to trust with this information with the information you actually and then right then you tell real like who said that yeah it's all over the place in the washington post and the new york times there's different articles i don't have one specifically saved here but i'm just i've read stuff well is it though well so so it's not just that they can't trust trump with it it's like the the full logic behind it was that they know Trump isn't going to read it because he wants everything in seven bullet points or whatever. Right. So they well, is that confirmed though? I, uh, I mean, that's that's in this like in the same articles I'm reading this. The reason that they they're not giving it to Trump is that if he's not going to get if it's not going to get read, there's it's more of a risk that it'll get to Russia and then it'll actually right. end up in front of the president. Right. So why would they share intelligence that's not going to go for? There's no chance of it going for any good. It only ends up in our enemy's hands. Does anybody see a problem? Like I see I'm not going to be sarcastic. Like. Uh, how could you look? I don't understand how you could look at this, even as a person on the right, and go, "Yeah, it seems normal." I mean, like this seems like <laughs> stuff that 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 happened under Obama. Like you could hate everything Obama did. You could hate everything he said. You could hate everything he stands for. You could hate the color of his skin. You can hate his middle name. You can hate whatever the fuck you want about him. But this shit was not happening under Obama. It just wasn't. 
<laughs> things were being run professionally like the White House was. And in some ways, things that I was critical of. I don't want it to be this, you know, closed off thing. I don't want them going after whistleblowers. But but they handled their shit. That, that's how they ran the, the administration. This is obviously a horse of a different color. Well, right? here, well, here's one difference is the fact that, from what I can recall, there wasn't one thing that they thought Obama was incapable of handling. No. Right. Of course. They, they weren't worried that he was somehow, you know, running information back to whoever, Ahmadinejad. It's... Uh... Back to Nigeria, or is it Kenya? Yeah, Kenya, right, yeah. Uh, I got a quote from Glenn Greenwald here from The Intercept. This is an article called, The Leakers Who Exposed General Flynn's Lie Committed Serious and Wholly Justified Felonies. This is just from the article. I'm just going to read it because it's an interesting point, and then we can move on to the next uh, piece. In January, CNN reported that Flynn's calls with the Russians, quote, were captured by routine U.S. eavesdropping targeting the Russian diplomats, which we've talked about this before. We spy on our allies. We spy on the on people that are not our allies, like the Russians. But and it's so, documented. Though it's documented and of official government. Is it business or? Yeah. Yeah, I guess government business. Well, our intelligence communities were wiretapping Russia. Yeah. And so when Flynn talks to Russia, we have that recorded also, right? That means that the contents of those calls were, quote, obtained by the process of communication intelligence from the communications of a foreign government, which in turn means that anyone who discloses them reports them to the public is guilty of a felony under the statute. Yet, very few people are calling for a criminal investigation or the prosecution of these leakers, nor demanding the leakers step forward and face the music, for very good reason. The officials leaking this information acted justifiably, despite the fact that they violated the law. That's because the leaks revealed that a high government official, General Flynn, blatantly lied to the public about a material matter, his conversations with Russian diplomats, and the public has the absolute right to know this. This episode underscores a critical point. The mere fact that an act is illegal does not mean it is unjust or even deserving of punishment. Oftentimes, the most just acts are precisely the ones that the law prohibits. Ooh, things are getting interesting, aren't they? And this is where WikiLeaks is going to play a factor because the Republicans love them and now they're going to hate them and Trump hates these leaks. All these people that are leaking, it's disgusting and we're coming after you. Yeah, I thought you liked leaks, you piece of shit. There's going to be a what lot happened? of piss everywhere. Yeah, and this is what we talked about. I, you, I fucking know for sure I said this when Trump first got in office. I was like, well, you wait. Wait until people in the government are like, oh, this guy's an incompetent idiot. We got to start getting information out there. Look what's happening. Weird, huh? Yeah, but I, I don't know if getting such information out there is helping the cause. Well, uh, it certainly is. You don't think it's important that when this that this information comes out that a guy that is having backdoor communications with Russia. We don't know why he's talking to Russia. Like Matt's point, he brought up a thing, but we're just speculating. But like, what is the quid pro quo of we'll drop the sanctions if? What's mm-hmm. the second part of that sentence? We've seen these weird connections between Trump and Tillerson and people that he's put up high in his cabinet. Uh, people that were running his campaign, they all have connections to Russia somehow. He praises Putin. He goes, oh, Putin's a killer. We're killers. We're bad too. What the fuck is happening? It's important that this shit comes out. It's important that the leaks come out because the leaks are real information. Again, as long as they're not made up, which they're not, obviously they're not because we've had resignations and things. It's important that this information gets out there. People need to know it. But at what point, like to me, this is undermining Yes, the privilege of their position. No, it isn't. It's under. No, it is not. This is the privilege of their their. If they can't go to Trump and go, 
Listen, we have recorded conversations of your national security advisor talking to a Russian ambassador weeks before you took office, telling them that we were going to undermining the current president at the time, Obama's uh, foreign policy and sanctions against Russia. Mm -hmm. He's telling them that you're going to undo them based on some in something, you know, like why you would, I don't know, but he's telling them you're going to get rid of those sanctions. And Trump goes, okay. Or that does, or they feel so uncomfortable with talking to Trump that they don't say anything to Trump. That's the situation. We're in. That's why it's important. They can't even go to the guy that they're supposed to be telling that this shit happened because they can't trust him with the information. And then even if he does know, which it's going to, it's obvious that he knew at least a few days before this came out, uh, he didn't do anything about it. He, he said, no, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. Pence, I don't know. No, they talked about Christmas. I don't know. They didn't talk about anything. Uh, I feel bad for Pence. No, don't feel bad for Pence. I mean, Pence is doing everything he can to uh, maintain plausible de- uh, deniability. Yeah, and it's not going to work. And beside that, he had his opportunity to get the yeah. fuck out when Trump claimed he grabs women's pussies all the time. That's Trump, a good point. That's I was, a good point. I was outraged. And then he's up there on stage next to him when they won the election. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, oh, you're outraged. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, you're right. Reap what fine. you sow. I, I, I do That's think, a Bible passage, no, Mike Pence? I, I, I do think Pence is going to maintain plausible enough plausible deniability that when Trump gets impeached, it's he'll be able to say, I didn't do anything wrong. My hands are clean. Yeah. We'll but, I mean, he's keeping he's keeping his head, pr- other than this my, one Mike, Fink, Mike Flynn thing, he's kept his head pretty well above the water. I don't, I don't like the guy, or his, I don't share his views. We'll, but we'll see. We'll see. As far as I can tell so far. Well, the other question is, is Pence... Here's the other question. I mean, there's a lot of questions with this. Is Pence the one keeping Trump out of the loop, right? And he was the one that was talking to Flynn and knew and lied. Or mm. is Trump the one keeping Pence out of the loop? Did Flynn tell Trump, and then they're telling Pence, no, I have no idea. what. what I don't know. No, they talked about this and that. And they're leaving Pence out there to fly in the wind. Well, who knows? And, and this, this all goes back to the question we all want to answer is, who knew what when? Right. And, and, and the bigger thing is, typically the vice president is the one that shields the president from controversy or whatever and is this confidant not in this administration not in this administration bannon's the confidant jared kushner's the confidant it's a very small circle out of the national security well, council and all this stuff pence might be the one that's out out in the dark i mean traditionally the vice presidency is not that powerful of a position but it is the according to dick cheney and i would say okay, that this well, administration i would say that this administration falls under that guise of this kind of neocon mentality that the vice president is the one that takes the bullet for the president i mean but dick cheney was, he came up with that under reagan he saw what happened there Dick Cheney was sort of the a different different type of vice president than most. If you look back to the the days of John Nance Garner, who was famously quoted saying, "The pres- uh, vice presidency isn't worth a bucket of warm, of warm pisses." Mm. Yeah, well, he never he never met Dick Cheney. But that but my point being, not necessarily what they do as vice president, the information they're privy to, and how that information when it comes out, who takes the bullet? It's not Trump. Trump's not supposed to be the one who takes the bullet. It's supposed to be the vice president. That's neocon orthodoxy. But how many people are how many? Republicans are actually hoping that Trump takes a bullet in a more literal sense. You can get Pence up to the up to the main job. Well, I How don't know people, about that. I mean, that, I, I, that's obviously yeah. very hyperbolic. I don't mean that. No, word. but right. Uh, yes. like how many people want Trump out so they can get Mike Maybe, Pence Maybe, I guess. But it seems like it's kind of the Wild West. I bet to an extent they're enjoying it. I mean, like well, he's the one that's going to put his foot in his mouth all the time. They don't have to say dick. And they can sell off federal land to the states and do all this crazy shit that they want to do behind the scenes. Well, well, and Trump just signs the executive order. So I don't think they're... To pretend that the Republicans are super upset that Trump is the president, I think, is insane. But they are all 
best buddies with Pence. You know what I mean? Pence is very close with the upper echelon of Republican leadership. You know, it's a it's a fascinating situation. And this only could happen when you put in a guy who shouldn't be president and he appoints a bunch of people that shouldn't be in their positions and nobody really knows what the fuck's going on. Well, do you know who does want Pence absolutely over Trump? The Koch brothers. They have come out saying that they love Mike Pence. They despise Donald Trump. Is that right? That is, they're like they are good friends with Mike Pence. They're very good friends with Mike Pence. Okay. And they hate Donald. But Trump. But well, I don't understand why they would though. What is what is Trump doing that that bothers them? He's they can't control him. Yeah, but he's doing what they want anyway. They control Congress. So, he, I, you know what? I don't believe a lot of the shit that comes out about the Koch brothers because... No, I, I mean, I've seen like direct interviews with them. That, I'm not saying that they didn't say it. I'm just saying I don't believe them. I think they have a habit of going, look, I mean, we, you know, look, listen, we're just simple, you know, business owners and we're trying to do this. I, I don't believe them. They're more than happy to see what Trump's doing. It's not affecting their bottom you line. See, I, I think that like, as far as I can tell about the Koch brothers, they're, they're less about the overtly racist stuff and they're more about Okay, let's give the money to big businesses. Let's get. Of course, that's like, what I'm that, saying. That's more Trump's the, doing that. But so he, they're not liking the, this whole immigration ban. They don't give a shit about the immigration. And th- they're actually like I hate the Koch brothers, but they're actually I don't hate them. They they, they want criminal justice reform. Trump will never bring that. That you know what? Maybe, but I've read a lot of stuff about that where it's not exactly true that way. I'd have to find the article because it was a while ago when I read it. And it's this is what I'm saying. They'll come out and say things where you go, oh, well, that's cool. But when you really dig into it, they're like, oh, that's not really why they're doing it. They're doing it for these reasons. You know what I mean? I'd have to find the article. I have it bookmarked. I'm sure. I'll look into it. So, okay. Anyway, fascinating. Here's what we're going to do. We're about an hour in. Mm -hmm. Let's hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll continue on with the program. Does that sound good? Sounds fantastic. This week, we are sponsored by Blue Apron. You guys remember Blue Apron, right? We've talked about them quite a bit recently. Yes, we have. Uh, Blue Apron those of you that don't know, is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in this country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Not all ingredients are created equal, let me remind you. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. My mom, all right? Hi, mom. She's listening to the podcast. Her and my dad tried Blue Apron. They used the Samson code. They went to blueapron.com slash Samson, S-A-M-P-S-O-N, and they tried it. They had their first three meals for free with free shipping. They had it this week. They were raving about it. They loved the Blue Apron. I was really happy. And if I would serve it to my own mother, it's over to the Samsonites. Blue Apron is a great service because if you're trying to sit down as a family you're trying to not order out as much. You're trying not to eat Burger King or whatever. You know, I don't need single out Burger King. I eat Burger King, but you don't want to eat it all the time. You know, you'd rather have a home cooked meal. Blue Apron provides you the opportunity to do that. Here's some of the, uh, you, you want to hear this? These are some of the upcoming meals. You tell me if these sound good. Cashew chicken stir fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. Mm. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Udon noodle soup with miso and soft boiled eggs. Delicious. Crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. My parents had that. I was like, I never had barramundi. I was like, me neither. I've never even heard of it. But Blue Apron has heard of it because they got culinary chefs over there making these meals. They don't repeat once within a year. Do you understand? That's crazy. 
They throw barramundi in a package, send it to your house with all the ingredients you need. You throw it together 40 minutes or less. You eat this. She's raving about the barramundi. She loves it. And now it's something great. The other thing that's not in the copy here, but I'm going to point out, they send you a recipe card with it, right? To how to make the meal. Nice. You file those away. Now you create a little Rolodex of different meals. They're helping you out. They're sending you. uh, What a service. Joey, if people want to get this blue apron in their life, give them the deal. Tell them what they got to do. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Samson. What is it? Blueapron.com slash Samson? Yes. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Samson. S-A-M-P-S-O-N. Blue Apron. A better way to cook. Try it. You're being silly if you don't try it. You guys ready to get back into the program here? Yes. And thank you to Blue Apron, by the way. I mean, it's very nice. We, we've been doing the show for a while. It's nice to have a sponsor on the program. We appreciate it. And like I'm telling you, the food is delicious. So you should really give it a shot. And let us know if you try it. We'd love to hear it. Tw- tweet at Man Samp and tweet at Blue Apron. Let them know you're giving it a shot. Samsonites appreciate a home-cooked meal. All right. Now are you ready to get back into it? Yes. Do you guys remember the border wall that Trump talked about? The big... Beautiful, our great wall. Do you recall that? Yeah, the uh, $12 billion wall. Yes, the $12 billion wall that Trump spoke about. Correct. According to an exclusive Reuters report, we play off each other well, Joe. It's like we've known each other forever. According to an exclusive Reuters report, Trump's border wall along the U.S.-Mexico border would actually be a series of fences and walls that would take three-plus years to build Mm -hmm. and would cost as much as $21.6 billion. Wait, what? Oh, Wait, did I write those numbers backwards? Twelve? No, $21.6 billion in three and a half years or more. Who the fuck knows? Well, that's a really low ball estimate he gave us. That's a different amount than what he was suggesting <laughs> throughout the campaign. Uh, this is based on an internal Department of Homeland Security report. All right. So I have more information about this that we're going to get into. And I used the information. Okay, well, whatever. So the border wall is supposed to cover 1,250 miles in addition to the 654 miles that is already built under W's watch, which was not built correctly. Again, I, oh. if you have the time to watch it, it's either called The Fence or La Barda on HBO. You can go on HBO Go and find it. It's like a 45-minute documentary that came out in 2012 about the wall that Bush first started, tried to build. And it's great. It's eye-opening. It explains why it wouldn't work, how it hasn't worked, the ways that it's fucked people in Mexico. It's just an interesting documentary. It's 45 minutes. It's easy. And you go, oh, nothing changed in the last five years. So that's the <laughs> same situation. Like You are literally affecting the same stuff. The Department of Homeland Security report... I said this, by the way, that uh-huh. this was not like, no way is this shit going to happen. The Department of Homeland Security report Reuters saw, saw is the final step before formally requesting U.S. taxpayer funds from Congress to begin construction. The administration is requesting waivers to address environmental laws in some areas um, and is going to invoke eminent domain on private lands, which is still a part of this. Uh-oh. <sighs> Here are the construction phases. By the way, let's not gloss over that. U.S. taxpayer money. Well, that was going to happen. Well, of course. Yeah. Mexico is going to pay for it. We're going to pay for it first. Then Mexico. No, they're not. And what happens if they, what happens if they don't? Now we've spent 20, 21.6. 
could turn into a lot more than that or ne- just be that but never actually complete the wall which is fucking what's more likely uh mexico's not paying for how, why would they how would they in what way well, is it going to come back to us in the form of straight tax refunds like is that what's going to happen like fine i'll put up whatever whatever my share is uh, 50 i'm not actually serious but you know i'll put up my 1700 bucks 1800 bucks to pay for the wall but i want it back in a check from mexico right That's a lot of pesos very good, yes. What's the exchange rate, Joey? Don't know. Okay. Go ahead, Matt. You were going to say something? Um, yeah, it was, and then I just got sidetracked. Uh, what was I going to say? All right. Well, anyway, listen. So these are You'll remember. Well, Here the, the, here's ahead. my one question. How do you build a wall on a mountain? Oh, what are you referring to? Where there's different geographic No, don't issues. blow it yet. Hold on. We're going to get into it. Okay. I just want to read the phases. We're going to talk read about read the it. phases. The first phase is 26 miles. Okay. Okay. Seems like an easy amount of play. All right. So that seems like they might be able to get through that first phase. That will cost $360 million. Okay. All right. 26 miles, $360 million. So that gets done. I believe that gets done. Okay. Right. They'll start the project. Look at it. This yeah, you got to keep face. Yeah. This is the easy part. Look at it. It's gold. Melania, go fix your hair looking into the wall. Perfect. He has a ceremony where he digs the hole. Yeah. Everybody's exactly. there. Yes. And then hopefully somebody hits him in the back of the head with the shovel. He falls in the hole. We bury it. We stop building the wall. We let Obama become president again. All right. So the first phase gets done, okay. I believe. Second phase, it's 151 miles, a little more difficult, different terrain. All right. Third phase, 1,081 miles, which seems like a pretty big jump. The first two phases is 175 miles, essentially. Why is the third phase... 10 times that amount. Like, why are we trying to get so much more done? Because they know they're never going to do it, so they push it way off. I literally have written, my guess, phase three will never be completed if started at all. That's where the bulk of the money is going to go. They're never going to fucking build this goddamn wall. Never. I mean, just just hypothetically, could it be different? Like, they're classifying it by the terrain, so could that be a large swath of desert versus the other parts are... You'd think that, but here's a quote. There's a Fox News article that I have called Trump's border wall could face a geology problem. And I retweeted this the other day with the word that I'm very proud of, obvious fuckingly. Uh, and here's, these are direct quotes from this Fox News article, which I, I actually like the way that I'm putting together this rundown lately because we're using, I'll use your own. Why do, why do you keep hitting yourself in the head? Why do you keep hitting yourself in the head? Your I'll, gr- talking I'll grab your goddamn arm and hit you in the head with your Fox News article. Stop hitting yourself. Stop Pres- yourself. Yeah, exactly. President Trump is setting an ambitious timetable for the construction of his promised big, beautiful border wall. But aside from potential funding and political complications, why did I say it like that? I said it the way that Trump says industry. Industry. Complications. Geologists and law enforcement officials are pointing to what could be a bigger challenge. The terrain. Duh, motherfucker. Yeah, that's the impediment to building the wall. The ground. It's going to be the reason why there isn't already a wall, a big, beautiful wall. Because Bush couldn't figure it out. Yeah, it's too hard to build one. That's the problem. I, I was I was giddy. I was on the bus, and I was reading this, and I was like, it's fucking duh. Yeah. If it could have been done, it would have been done. Right. Why wouldn't they just do it? It would Think about it. You know, like... This is a problem that's existed for decades and nobody's decades. wanted to solve it. Okay, so why didn't they solve it? No, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because they couldn't do it, asshole. It wasn't affordable. Citing everything from bedrock depth to soil chemistry, experts say building a wall spanning the 2,000-mile border will be much tougher than erecting one of Trump's trademark skyscrapers. 
Earth doesn't forgive sloppy, field geologist Mika McKinnon warned in a tweet following Trump's directive last month to design and construct the wall. The southern border wall, the southern border between the U.S. and Mexico is made up of wetlands, grasslands, desert, rivers, mountains, and forests, all of which could pose pitfalls for builders. Yeah, correct. Swaths of the area also feature a thick layer of loose sediment, like dirt, sand, and soil, on top. Some spots are packed with hydrophilic clay soil, which swells, moves, and could destroy the foundation. In some places, the bedrock will be too deep. You'll never be able to reach the bedrock in an affordable fashion, McKinnon told Smithsonian Magazine. McKinnon says in order to make sure the wall itself doesn't topple, builders need to survey the land first. Yeah, no shit. Please, God, if you exist, let the wall topple. <laughs> Please. Well, like my- a fucking... <laughs> like, like a fourth graders Lego project, I want that thing to collapse spectacularly. This is going to be like the Tower of Babel. I mean, please God, just let the walls come tumbling down, the walls of Jericho. Yeah, it's the Tower of Babel with just Babel. They're not building a tower. That's the problem. Like, did you believe this shit? Like, can you? I love the fact that somebody woke up at Fox News and was like. I got to write this article about how it might be impossible to build the wall because <laughs> the ground is weird. There's different. It's just not possible. That's why when you said the thing about like, could it be that the longer part? No, the longer part's going to have way more problems. Of course, <laughs> they're building the easy part first. They're starting in San Diego. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, just, I'm just thinking like why I ask the question is would that would each phase be geologically similar? No, of course. No, they're going to be very, very different. It, yeah. But parts of each phase are going to be dramatically different. You do realize you're going to have to change the name of this. You can't call it a wall anymore because it's not going to be a wall. Well, it's not a wall. It's a wall and a fence. I mean, that is from the internal report. It is not a wall. We cannot call it the border wall. We have to call it the border walls and fences. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> the wall and select selections. Yeah, select parts. The wall, no, parentheses, other, you know, and other <laughs> parts. Uh, the big beautiful wall plus fences. Uh, <laughs> it's just, okay. So anyway, but it's like you you make fun of it. They're gonna try to do it, mm. but it's not possible. And it's something that I said obviously a million times. I'm not the only one, but I said it so clearly <laughs> that this is not gonna happen. You can't do it. No. It's just gonna be a money sink. Yeah, it's a boondoggle. This is a boondoggle waiting to happen. This is all it is. It was a boondoggle when Bush tried it. Yeah, but let's think about this. This is the ultimate business move for him. He hires one of his friends to build a wall. They get paid by the taxpayers. It's it's a win-win. Well, no, it's not a win-win. Well, yes. I mean, for the private industry, it's a yeah, win-win. Yeah, it's a huge but, win. But the problem is you're involving so many different jurisdictions. You're involving private property. You're involving public land. You're involving Mexican land in some cases. Like you Chris, don't, it's for the country. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, but you can't use one company. You're going to have to use thousands. It's just, this is... Mm. I just can't wait to see how this one plays out because this is just insane. It's just insanity. Well, I, I remember what I was going to say earlier that the, the way they wanted to get the money back from Mexico, though, is that there was, he was saying, we'll, ta- we'll put a tariff on the on the Mexican imports. Yeah, we'll that's, raise the price of it. Yeah. Which that's paying, that's still us paying to. Oh, yeah, cover. absolutely. Oh, right. That's yeah, still for us sure. paying for our tax money. Right. But then, like, Mexico's just going to go, yeah, okay. You can, ta- <laughs> you can tax yourself twice for the same thing. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just. Okay. I mean, also. The premise generally of like, if we build this wall, nobody will get in the country. Wrong. <laughs> People will get in the country. They'll if, find a way in the country. If we build it, they will come. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. If we build it, they will come. Do you think there's not parts? Do you honestly think they're going to be able to protect every inch of that wall forever? No, they'll blow apart up. They'll knock apart down. They'll, you know what I would do? The wind would knock it down eventually. Yeah. I just run a, I run a hose. 
from my backyard <laughs> to the part where it's got the loose soil or whatever, and I just turn it on, and I wait for nature to do its thing. Just, up oh, the wall washed away. It's like Professor Chaos from South Park. Is that me? That's my plan? <laughs> well, uh, he wants to fund the world at one point. By yeah, well, there you go. I think that's how you solve this. I just, or you just take a shovel and dig a hole. Yeah, or you get a ladder and you go over it or whatever. Yeah. The, the, again, there's... You parachute. You do it. Like, it sounds stupid, but that's the, the beauty of that documentary, The Fence, that I'm always talking about. It starts out showing you the wall. There's a Mexican dude standing on one side of the wall. They're filming him, and another Mexican guy's there. And they the the filmmaker goes like, you know, this seems pretty high. Like, how are you going to get over it? And he's like, we just go down a mile. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they also show videos of them, like, running up to the wall in a truck. And they throw a fucking ladder that's in the back of the truck to the wall. Everybody jumps out. They run up the ladder and they're over the fucking. There's ways Here's around it or under it or Here's through an, it. Here's an idea. Phase one gets done. Phase two gets done. Phase three doesn't happen because they have the kill bots and the drones set up to attack. Yeah. Well, the other thing is by phase three, you got to think the Democrats will have taken control of Congress anyway. That's why they're saving the thousand. You know what but I mean? It's supposed it's to like, be done in 2020. No. Well, yeah. Right. Midterms are in 2018. Oh, you! Oh, so you think everything's going to shit? Yeah, he's not going to have control of Congress again. Obviously not. I mean, this mo- is what most, happens. Most presidents lose lose control of Congress after their yeah for, after the first two two or four years, right? Mm. But, so it's so anyway. So this but, is what's going on with the wall. But I mean, no. like, I mean, my the whole problem with the wall is the wall is a stagnant thing. It's going to stay the same. People are going to find an innovative solution around it. People people are smart. People will find a way through the problem. If because they're not because that's again it's all these it's these a lot of this starting with the idea that a wall can keep people out is just a false premise. The idea that people are coming over here to rape and to steal American jobs and to do this shit and that shit. People are leaving a desperate situation. That is why they're coming here. And a lot of people that cross at the Mexican border are not just from Mexico. It's people from South America that are just plagued by horrific gang violence. And that's the only way out. And so that's where they're coming. And they're traveling for weeks. And they're on trains. And they're dying in the desert and blah, blah, blah. And that's the way that they come in. To your point, if you're desperate enough, you're going to find a way to get through. Mm -hmm. You have to. Do you want your kid to die? No, you don't. And as the wall's constructed now in certain places, people are dying in the desert. It's all it's creating. It's creating a situation where innocent people who are trying to get out of a bad situation, an unlivable situation, are willing to risk everything to come here to just have a semblance of safety and a normal life. They get redirected around the wall and they end up dying in the desert of thirst or whatever. You know, they get attacked. So that's really what we're looking at. You're just going to exacerbate that problem, but you are most certainly not going to stop people from coming into this country. That is not how it works. That is not how it's going to work. Sorry. Okay. And we're going to pay for it. So, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Israeli settlements. Speaking of people living out in the desert, February 6th, Israel. Oh, yeah. So February 6th, the reason why I have this, because I've had, I've been saving this up for a little bit. I wanted yeah. to get a bunch more information. And now Trump met with Netanyahu recently, and there's some more quotes coming out, so I figured it's a good time to you know pull the trigger on this. For February 6th, Israel's parliament approved a bill allowing for the retroactive legalization of illegal Jewish outposts built on privately owned Palestinian land. All right? Since Trump became president, Israel has announced the construction of 6,000 new settlement homes in occupied territory i have a quote here from isaac herzog who is an israeli opposition leader i feel like when we talk about israel 
We hear from Netanyahu Mm -hmm. in America. We hear from Netanyahu. We don't really hear from anybody else that opposes Netanyahu. We kind of assume that Israel's like all in agreement. Not the case. Of course not the case. Isaac Herzog says, this law, quote, will carry international indictments against Israeli and Jewish soldiers and officers. This indictment will be signed by the prime minister of Israel. So he's saying, we're going to build these things illegally. And then the bill is going to allow Netanyahu to go, and they're all legal. He's just going to sprinkle fairy dust over it. Yeah, they're fine. Even though they started illegal, they're not anymore because we signed the bill. That's nonsense. And all you're doing is you know, driving a further wedge between Israel and Palestine and a two-state solution and peace and all that stuff. The vote, how was it pronounced, Matt? Do you know, is it Knesset or Knesset? Knesset. It is Knesset, It is a right? Knesset. The vote was 60 to 52, right? So it's not, that's what a vote in our Senate, you know, or Congress goes. 60, to, you know, obviously it's yes. more than are in it, but I'm just saying 60 is the majority essentially. That So it's split. It's not like 150 to none. Well, I mean, I, uh, the Knesset is like it's, Netanyahu is a very controversial figure, even in Israel. There's a yeah, lot absolutely. of people. He's hated by a lot of people. He puts together very he he puts together a coalition that's very a very slim majority. Right. That he put like it's his party along with the more religious, like the much more religious and conservative parties. Right. The, uh, ho- the I, Reform not, Home Party or the Home Reform? I'm not sure the exact. Yeah. I'm not sure of the exact names, but I know. Like it was a few years ago. I'm not sure it was this this exact government. One of the governments he's put together in the past. So the uh, the power to actually assemble a coalition is given by the president of the country. Is really the only power he has. Right. It was a few years ago. I think uh, Netanyahu had 29 seats to to another party's 30. Despite, but the president believed that oh Netanyahu can get a coalition, therefore I'll give him the power to assemble right. it. Right. So it's like it's a really it's a it's a yeah, very it's close. Tenuous. It's a tenuous position. And he's yeah. there's. If you actually go there, there's controversy around him. He's under investigation for certain things. He's yep. done some sketchy things. Absolutely. So yeah. it, it's it, as most people that have been in power will yeah. have some shit like that. But but of course, right? But I mean, he was controversial in the '90s. He's it's, yeah. I'm just I just, oh, want, yeah. I'm just trying to draw like go to your fact that yes, there is a lot of opposition to him. hundred percent. He is not universally loved. Do me a favor, just Google the you know some of the party. I, I forget what it is, but I, I wanted to make a point about it. I was watching something, an interview with some, or you know, a, a quote from somebody mm-hmm. from the Home Reform Party or something like that. Matt, Matt will find it. But oftentimes when you talk about Israel, they go, you know, the Palestinians don't even you know recognize Israel's right to exist. And Iran, the the same thing with this party. I was watching this woman talk, and she's like, yeah, we don't even recognize a Palestinian state. That's Israeli land. Like we don't. So they're denying Palestinian. You know what I mean? It's like it's on both sides. Let's not pretend. That it, it's somehow just Israel's like an innocent bystander in this whole thing. Well, who's my issue with it? Okay. If you have to legalize something, that means it does not belong to you. And if it doesn't belong to you, you have no right to it. Yeah, of course. So right. you can't, in your section, your land, your property, whatever term you want to use, make it legal to take somebody else's. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. And that's what they did. Yes. And only 52 people realize that that's going to cause a major conflict? Well, it's not going to cause a major... It it is already a major conflict. You know, it's just a thing now in Israeli law. Or not yet. I guess they didn't sign it yet. But it's something that is going to codify that as like, that's our policy. It's one thing to do it, like, like, wink, wink, let them build settlements. It's another thing to go... Yeah, we can do whatever we want and then just say it's fine after the fact. It's not. It's never going to be okay. That's the difference. You know what I mean? Actually saying that it's it's uh, 
standard process, standard practice. That's the issue. More so than it's going to create a con- the conflict exists. It's always it's going to exist this way for quite a while. Did you find it? Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, Netanyahu, Bibi is a, me- a member of the Likud party. Uh-huh. Currently have, has thirty seats. Uh, Herzog is a member of the Zionist Union Party, which is like the Labor Party. Right. Um, you were looking at maybe like there's like the Jewish Home Party. Jewish Home Party. That's okay. what I was thinking of. Yeah. So yeah, there's because they don't exist. I mean, this woman that I was hearing from it, they're like very hard right. They don't even acknowledge that Palestine's a place. <laughs> the, you well, know, like they. I mean, they know it's there, but I'm saying they don't recognize it as a country at all. Well, it's hard. I mean, it's a very complicated issue. It's hard to. It, it technically is and isn't a country, whether you define it that way. I mean. No, but I'm saying, like, but they see it as like that's Israel. They're well, just fucking there. Well, you know? if you look at the actual issue, it's going to be it's almost impossible at this point for Netanyahu to actually annex the West Bank because oh, yeah. because then he would have to give if, if he annexes the West Bank, then he has to give citizenship to all these Muslims and Palestinians that he doesn't want to have the right to vote, and then he like he loses Jews lose power. Right. Then. Well, so, it's so, so it's interesting because it's sort of the same situation as like Republicans don't want Mexicans coming over. It's yeah. like why? Because if they're legal citizens, they can vote. They're going to vote for fucking Democrats. What are you crazy? But but, but at the same time, they're not going to make it. He doesn't want a Tuesday solution because then he's just sacrificing all this land. So right. He, he's Netanyahu is going to keep this. It's this tenuous situation going because that's what benefits him the most. You're 100 percent right. So that's a great point. Like and any Jew who's like if you want to. And, Any and, Jew worth his kosher <laughs> salt. I'm not, I'm just trying to say, like, Christopher. What? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you, there's such problems with annexing the annexing, annexing the West Bank or the uh, or the Gaza Strip. Uh, like, the, if, having been to Israel recently, the only reason that they annexed the Golan Heights is actually you go there. Like, that was the only par- part of the land taken in the '67 war yeah. that was ever annexed. Right. Uh, they gave back the Sinai the Sinai Peninsula. Uh, they said they would give the, all these places back in, in order for peace. That's unlikely that ever happened. The Golan Heights is actually annexed just because you go there and it's like, oh, this is the high ground. It was a, it's strategically critical to defend it. It's where Jesus so fe- is coming back. It's why the evangelicals want it. Well, I mean, it, like, I know, the, but I'm the, just but, saying. But, but, but no, the Golan Heights is like it's so critical for the actual defense of Israel because right. you're up there and these are the mountains. And you look when Syria had it, people would just could just take shots into Israel without. Ever being to- oh, right, so right. It, like it really is. It's a strategic crit- point. It's critically you need you need it for defense. So right, that's the only reason that that's the only reason territory is annexed. Got it. Now, does it help the cause or hurt the cause that Israel hasn't officially broken ground on the new settlement since 1992? So it's been there, yeah, since the early 90s. That's our land. Like we're just getting to it now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think they're emboldened by a lot of what Trump said during the campaign. I mean, this has been built, you know, this drumbeat has been yes. building more and more recently where obviously our right wing is, you know, yeah, Israel can do whatever they want. And the left wing is rightly being like, no, they can't. That's not, there's no way this can keep happening this way. Now they're expanding settlements. And I, I was was watching Vice News last night and I maybe I didn't misunderstood it. But it seems like if people, if Israelis go to these areas and start building, like they just set up a settlement, the government is required to support them and build roads and like so you can set up a community very quickly hmm. and the government really doesn't have an option Either way, to say, no, you can't do that. They can relocate them potentially, which they've done with one settlement, which I forget right now, but by and large, they have to support those settlements. It's like a requirement of Israeli government well, to do it's, that. It's this weird thing where it is a part of Israel, but it isn't. Right. And but, the, but they have to treat it as though it yes. is. Yeah. And yeah, and actually, 
there's also it happens to be they built a border wall there is one of the things that they want to model the Mexican uh, wall off of it. like between the West Bank and oh, I think excellent <laughs> fine Hebrew craftsmanship uh, here's the interesting part of this whole story right so yeah God you can write that one I'm down going to. Uh, February 3rd Trump said constructing new settlements quote may not be helpful to Middle East peace efforts in a move the New York Times called a startling shift and the Jerusalem Post called surprising. (laughs) Yeah, because the entire campaign, he was like just unrelenting talking about how Israel could do whatever they want and whatever. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know what? Maybe probably not a good idea. Okay. It was looking like Bibi and Putin. Bibi was almost uh, close to Trump as Putin was. Absolutely. February 15th, recently, Trump told Netanyahu in person, I'd like to see you hold back on settlements for a little bit. To which Bibby laughed. I mean, it's literally a moment between the two of them on stage together. Uh, okay, so now Trump's going back on this in a move that the Times called startling. February 10th, Trump said this about moving the U.S. Embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. I'm thinking about it. I'm learning the issue, and we'll see what happens. It's not an easy decision. So he's I don't just... see what benefit you gain from moving the embassy. It's... It's a power move if they did it. You know what I mean? Like Israel controls Jerusalem. That's where our embassy is going to be. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's stamping your feet and, and putting your flag down. I mean, like this is Israel's land. We are supporting Israel 100%. But now he's going back on all of it. A startling shift. Well, maybe he's just going with what he feels is public opinion. What he's doing now is the reality. Sometimes reality is going to set in where you go, we can't do that. We can't. We can't do that. We can't. As the United States, we can't put on record that our official policy is go ahead and build settlements. It can't be. So when they criticized Obama for going to the UN, you know, uh, that whole thing that we talked about where they're like, we're not going to support the, you know, we didn't vote on the resolution, Mm -hmm. which said that, you know, whatever. We we talked about a couple of weeks ago. That's the policy. And they hammered Obama for it, but that's their policy now, too. It's just not officially something they said in the UN, but it is the policy. We, you, no, we can't support your settlements. No, we can't move our embassy. I'm thinking about it. I'm learning the issue. I thought you were such a fucking genius. I thought you were going to be you set on all. day one, right? What what happened? Well, well, like Trump, like talks like he's this big strong leader. This is the this is the move of a weak man who can't back up, can't talk. He can walk talk the talk, but he can't walk the walk. No, if you, like, he's not a strong, he's not a strong leader. Well, but this is why you don't, it's not even a matter of strong. I get what you're saying, but it's not even a matter of that. It's that's why you don't just say whatever yeah. and talk tough because it's the same reason when he criticized Obama for the red line in Syria, which I agree Obama should not have. We've talked about this on yeah, the show many times. He should not have put a red line because the, you cannot go into Syria. You, there's nothing you're going to do about it. Same thing with this shit. Trump can draw a red line wherever he wants. It's not possible. So he's writing checks. His ass can't cash. The the weakness is saying whatever and not showing restraint because you're putting yourself on the hook now for stuff that you absolutely cannot back up. Well, yeah. And the more you have to backtrack from what you've already said, the In, weaker you look. Exactly. And that that's what it is, right? It's not weak leadership. It's be, it's it's in it's just ineffectual leadership but, by being uh, unrestrained all the time. It feels good, but it's stupid policy. But you want you want to put. Uh, you want to put your foot down and say this and have the other world leaders take you seriously? That's no, not, well, that's that, not how this is going to happen. That ship has already sailed. I mean, in, in large <laughs> yeah. part. Netanyahu, watch the press conference between him and Netanyahu. It's, it's embarrassing. It's like Trump's up there. You know, Netanyahu says something. He goes, oh, I didn't even know you were going to say that, but that's great. I'm glad you said that. And then he's saying this. I'd like to see you hold off for this and that. You know, I su- they go, do you support a two-state solution? He goes, I support a one-state. I support a two-state. I support whichever. 
position is going to work. And then he just walks off stage. It's like Netanyahu's looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, Trump would look at Netanyahu for him to like give him, you know, nod his head and kind of agree with it. He's not paying attention. He's laughing. It's like. I would love to know what he thinks is going to be the solution that works in Israel. Can we just. Trump? Trump's official position on what uh, the solution to the Israeli-Palestinian crisis is. Well, that's the problem, too. (laughs) I mean, uh, of course, if he had one, it'd probably be just bananas but that's how he operates he just go he just waits long enough so that somebody comes up with something and he goes that's probably right yeah (laughs) but he doesn't know you can't ask him and know if you asked Obama, if you sat obama down you were like listen we're gonna give you a week it's all you gotta do we're gonna feed you we're gonna do whatever sit down for a week draft a plan for what like ideal you get anything you want what's the plan he's got one (laughs) guaranteed obama has a plan to, to to fix what's going on in the middle east it's just not he easy had to implement. Eight years it. to do that. Yeah, but uh, okay. You know, I'm saying you take politics out of it, you take all the stuff out of it. He had a few other things on his plate at the time. No, I know. Yeah, it's, it's just not going to happen. But I'm saying, but if you said, sir, what would we? If you had your druthers, if you could get anything done, what would you do, and how would you do this? He could write you that plan. Well, you would. Trump have... can't write you that plan. No. With, with, with Trump, it feels more like a, the saying a blind squirrel. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. He's right on occasion. Yeah, he found one and he made him the head of the CIA. <laughs> Mike Pompeo. <laughs> Woo! Uh, all right. Dakota. Dakota. That's a new state I just invented. It's when you combine North and South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Dakota access pipeline. <coughs> excuse me. And veterans. This is where we're going to read an email. We got this from Tanner. Seeing this article, and he attached a screenshot of an article on the Gar- uh, from The Guardian, which is about vets showing up at Standing Rock. Right after listening to MSP 114, you guys continue to be spot on. And Joey, you called this. Tanner says, in my opinion, there's no accountability for political office. They get to pick and choose. This is kind of different. We're going to get back to it. But he goes, they get to pick and choose what is acknowledged and what is swept under the table. Veterans may go out and be a meat shield. But if the, quote, mainstream media doesn't cover it and blow the story up, there won't be any responsibility by the Trump administration to address it. Good pods, fellas, Joey, Chris, and Matt. Woohoo! Hashtag make politics factual again. Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Nice, Tanner. And then, Joey, that's a credit to you. You said it last week about Dakota Access and the veterans. Yes. Well, there's been several groups in the past that have showed support, and the way I said it was that helped a lot. So hopefully those same groups will be able to come out. But the interesting thing about that, though, is recently a few of the veterans have been coming out and have been uh, introduced to some legal issues by the cops in the area to keep things quiet. Let's get to that in a second. Yes, that was a bit of your homework that I sent to you. U.S. veterans are returning to Standing Rock. As Joey pointed out last week, he was hoping that would happen and suggested it would. It did. Uh, and they're pledging to shield indigenous activists from a militarized police force. Um, yeah, What? let me read these quotes first, and then you get to this. Okay. Got some quotes from some of the veterans that have shown up. This is Elizabeth Williams. She's 34 years old. She was in the Air Force. She's an Air Force veteran. We are prepared to put our bodies between native elders and privatized military force. We've stood in the face of fire before. We feel a responsibility to use the skills we have. Matthew Crane, who's 33 and was uh, in the Navy, he's a Navy veteran. This is a humanitarian issue. We're not going to stand by and let anybody get hurt. Jake, I guess... Pogue, P-O-G-U-E, or Pogue. I'm not Don't really sure. Me. 32 years old. Good. I, I would think Pogue. Pogue, yeah. 32, Marine Corps vet. We're not coming as fighters, but as protectors. Our role in that situation would be to simply form a barrier between water protectors and the police force and try to take some of that abuse for them, which is... 
going to be an interesting thing to watch. Well, it's honorable as fuck, but it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. And you'll see. You remember what we talked about. Like, but these are veterans. How can they do it? Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're not, veterans. not the veterans we care about anymore. No, they served the country. Those are our boys. They yeah. will always be our boys. Well, to people who actually understand what the fuck's going on. But I'm saying the Trump administration and this uh, corporation, that's not a veteran anymore. That's a that's a uh, problem to profit standing in front of this uh, tank, you know? Well, and so like the issue I take with this not is a real issue. It's more, okay, they're veterans, but they're also just civilians now. Any, Absolutely. Like, they all... It's not an army. It's not an army opinion. It's not a universal thing. There's okay. If there's a thousand veterans that go there, those are their individual opinions. And like what you're trying to do with veterans is saying, okay, look at these people that the people that are getting hurt by this company are the veterans. These are people we should be supporting. It's it's very much a marketing play. I I think we should be. It's a good thing to do. But it's like on the case of the activists, you're saying to have the veterans there. Yeah, I mean, like well, sure, yeah. the The only thing that does say okay, so you're attacking veterans now. So it's. It's using that, that their whole mentality against them is what it is. Definitely. It's not like... I get understand the point. It's not like the water protectors are asking the veterans, although I'm sure in some cases they are asking them to come, but the veterans are coming of their own volition. They see a yes. situation they want to get involved. And they've earned that PR by being veterans. That That's the thing. Like You go through that. You go through the training. You go through the... You know, in some cases, hellish circumstances of going to war and being... A, you know, around the world, you come back and you, you bear those scars and you have the added cachet of being like, I'm a military veteran. You do, you know, by and large people respect the military as a military member, as a former military member, I'm telling you, this is something that I believe in Mm -hmm. and that should be enough or at least something for people to go, okay, maybe we need to look at this more. It's not, you, you you know you earn the right to be able to to you say I'm a veteran and that that should carry more credence but but, yeah. but at the same time Fox News could go find any number of veterans who come out, will come on the show and say I'm not with these guys of course so it's, it really is these are these are just citizens who have earned the right who have earned the right to say they're veterans yeah yes. for sure and so. I and I was I really respect it this one really uh, got to me and I like this one Aubrey Peckham who's a Mescalero Apache tribe member she says. We don't know how to protect ourselves against the tactical weapons they are using. They're getting us better prepared, referring to the veterans. We are able to talk about PTSD, and they finally feel like they are understood. She's saying that these indigenous people have been through so much. Mm-hmm. They've, they feel like they have post, they do, in a lot of cases, have post-traumatic stress disorder. There's very high rates of alcoholism amongst natives pe- native people. Mm-hmm. and It's a, not a you know pleasant existence in a lot of ways. And... It's interesting because they found common cause with these veterans now that come here and they see somebody getting taken advantage of. They can make amends maybe for some of the things that went down in Iraq or Afghanistan or whatever, things that they don't feel good about. And they've been suffering with PTSD and now they can find common cause with another group of, you know, because the military is like revered as this huge group. It's only a few million people, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like two million people. That's a minority group amongst the rest of the general population in America, a lot of people don't understand what they went through and are going through and will continue to go through. Same thing with the Native American groups. They've yeah. been through a lot of stuff. They're a marginalized group that kind of tend to stick with their own and you know that's who accepts them. So it's kind of interesting they can come together and 
you know, for lack of a better phrase, share war stories with each other and, and find common purpose there. So it's it's an interesting thing. Yes, they're building a community. They're building human relationships with each yeah, other. Yeah, of course. And they res- they have res- mutual respect for each other because they these native activists, like she said, we don't know how to deal with these tactical weapons or whatever. These no. are just people that are trying to protect the land that was given to them after the land was taken from them. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing that America has done very consistently is fuck over Native Americans. Oh, 100%. It's what we've done to them is awful and now it's just another case of It is awful, but I'll tell you what, it's like am I a hypocrite? It's like I don't I'm not going I don't want to give America, you know what I mean? It's like we're going to give America, but it's like it, no. it happened, but right, but it's a reality. Let's not pretend yeah. it's not a reality. And now these people had nothing to do with it. But they're there. They're there. Uh listen to this. According to Louisiana, so we got the. I'm going to give some stats here about mm-hmm. Dakota Access or Energy Transfer Partners. We're going to do a little media criticism. We'll close up with the Trump odds and ends. Sound good? Sounds great. According to the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, which is a state-based environmental organization, Energy Transfer Partners, which President Donald Trump is invested in, the company building Dakota Access Pipeline, has reported 69 accidents, the sexiest amount of accidents, in the U.S. between 2015, 2015 and 2016. Uh, smut, I love it. <laughs> the, Na- the National Response Center, which is where companies like Energy Transfer Partners report spills and you know leaks and different mm-hmm. things. That's where they call in to go, hey, we got to fuck, fuck up here. <laughs> This is what they reported between 2015 and 2016. 42 oil spills, 11 natural gas spills, 9 gas spills generally, 3 propane spills, 2 unknown spills, which who the fuck knows what that is. 50% are from pipeline issues. They've spilled 111,559 gallons of oil and gas in its various forms. Valid concerns. That's one year. 70 spills. What happens when the Dakota Access Pipeline spills and ruins their water? Does that they're going to get compensated for that? How much? Nope. How much does your life cost? How much does your land cost? It's, it's invaluable to them. Water is a necessity. There is no price on water. There is because you buy a bottle of water. But you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? You need water. I mean, just as the CEO of Nestle, he doesn't think water's are right. Yeah, I know. That garbage so what, what i i like i it's a problem what i hear in this is i'm curious what would be the median amount of oil spilled in each one of these accidents because is it one spill that had a hundred thousand gallons spilled and then they're inflating the number by saying oh it's really but six ten accidents that did all this damage right so, like are they cu- counting an accident as oh this a nut fell off of this pipeline nothing spilled but there, uh, something went wrong it, like something that did not go as yeah, it's a fair question. I don't know the breakout, yeah. the breakdown. I would assume that... I'm assuming some are less... Some are bigger than yeah. others, of course, right? But also, this is stuff that we got reported. So you're talking about like a nut fell off the thing or whatever. Well, Maybe I'm, I understand, but I'm well, saying... Well, how but, many spells could you have that weren't reported? That would have to be well, some cleanup job. No, but that's to Matt's point. The but, ones that they don't report might just be the little ones. These might be the ones that they have to report because it, it's like oh. the speed of the shitload. You know? Joey, it, it doesn't define accident as a spill. It defines it just as something... An accident is just something that was not didn't go as intended. Well, but these are spills, though. This is shit that got reported reported to the National Response Center, which is where you call in spills. It's not accidents; it is spills okay. specifically. So, but yes, to your point, I don't know how that's divided amongst the sixty nine or seventy spills. W- was there a drip that you got a, a, a liter of oil out of? And that- right, which is a different story. But a hundred, you know, one hundred ten thousand. Even you divide that by seventy, it's quite a. You know, if yeah. that's just the average, number, yeah, it's yeah. a lot. Uh, all right, so that's what I got there. But but I like uh, just to, one last thing is like, I sure. don't want to, I don't want. Oh say no, Joey, you almost let me. Yeah, you were gonna get to you. Sorry, I forgot. It's okay. I I just don't want to make it seem like 
to, to like my to my point is like if the technology if there's one bad accident okay that doesn't mean the entire technology is flawed if it's every month there's going to be this many gallons leaked then there's more of an issue right well even well look okay so let's even take that so let's say the 67th spill was the one that spilled a hundred thousand gallons of oil it doesn't matter it's still it's one of the 70 that took place in a year that was able to spill that amount of oil you know that's that's a huge situation it's a bad thing that's not going to be able to be fixed once the damage is done it's done i'm i'm more more focusing on the tech the technological aspect of it that a, the, a catastrophic spill can come from external factors it can come from an earthquake can cause a spill it can be, or, or if it's just the technology is inherently flawed, right? That's there's a big difference there. Well, there's a big dis- difference in terms of are oil pipelines in and of themselves dangerous, or you know, are they faulty, or is it, like you said a natural disaster the cause for it? But in this situation, it doesn't necessarily matter because both things could happen, and we've seen that it, something has happened 69 times in a year. So whether it be an uh, you know an earthquake or a tornado. Or, you know, Jed forgot to clamp down whatever. Way to go, Jed. Yeah, pipe three. Like, the, the oil's getting out, and that's that's what they're concerned about. Somebody it's not like the, the, the Standing Rock Sioux are mad at pipes. That's not what they're concerned about. They're concerned about their land getting spilled on, and that's a legitimate well, well, concern. Well, they're saying the pipeline is inherently unsafe, and I'm saying... I Well... I'm, I'm, I'm asking... Do these statistics actually show it's inherently unsafe, or does it well, show not these statistics? But I'm sure you could see statistics that would show that. But besides, but again, but that's not even necessarily what they're protesting. They're protesting. They do. It, it also yeah. goes back to try. You know, sacred land. And things yeah. like that. The, the shit should not be a, there to begin with. But a large issue. Yeah, of course. Good, Joey. I'm sorry, I forgot. But I'm so all good. Interested in hearing it. So it turns out that among several groups that have responded to the call and helping out the uh, the tribe. Yeah. One such group is the Veterans Respond. Well, one of the founding members, Matthew Crane, was driving Friday night to get to Standing Rock. Sure. He uh, apparently gets lost. This is his story now. And they find the police to give them directions to get where they're going. Turns out that there is uh, marijuana in the car. Because it the is, devil's lettuce, you're saying? Yes, because it's le- legal from the states that they were siding or been known to live. California, Colorado, whatever. It turns out that it's illegal in North Dakota. Right. So there's a few soldiers that are having uh, criminal charges brought against them because of marijuana being illegal in North Dakota. Sure. And now, of course, you know, look, obviously they're veterans. A lot of them are suffering from PTSD. They feel like this is a good outlet for them to go get involved. Two points. Number one, we know that marijuana, hash oils, cannabis, you know, CBD oils, things like that really help with a lot of physical ailments, with mental illness. And it's something that actually definitely helps veterans. No question about it. So that's part of it. The, another part of it is people like smoking weed because it's fun. And I imagine when you're sitting out there on the fucking frozen wasteland that is North Dakota at this point, it's not a ton to do. And so you probably get high and you hang out and you, you know, you talk and you, you do your thing. Obviously, I don't have a problem with it, and it's insane to me that, you know, we, we can't just... We've talked about it before. Veterans mm-hmm. can't be allowed to just smoke. It's like, come on, man. Leave them alone. But I do understand why they'd be getting arrested. I mean, it is illegal, and you're driving around weed. Of course. It's not like you necessarily have to be targeted if they catch you. So there's been a few instances of some of the veterans getting arrested and spending some time in jail. Yeah. Uh, one example is... Uh, speeding six miles above the speed limit. Well, according to who, though? 
Uh, the police that detained uh, Biolet. Oh, okay. So it is actually the police report says sick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? North Dakota is a pretty high traffic area. Areas, a lot of people crossing the street all the time. You got to be very careful not to speed. Well, it just seems that the point there is are some, some individuals that are making it harder on other individuals because they can. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's no question about it. Now, the question are. is, have they been towed to? If I had to guess, yeah. Yeah. Having driven through North Dakota... There's not much risk of hitting. Why'd anything. you drive through North Dakota? I was driving from Massachusetts to Calgary and oh. drove through there, and it was. A, I still hold a grudge against North Dakota for snowing in, on October fourth. You know oh. how I like to say Calgary, Calgary, Calgary. They will. You'll probably get shot there. Really? Actually, Is Calgary. that not how they like it? It's Calgary. It's Calgary. How do you say Toronto? Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody, the way everybody says it. Toronto. It's Toronto. 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 Okay. Also, Calgary goes by Cowtown as well. But Cowtown, yeah. The Saddledome, hmm. Flames, Jerome McGinley, Johnny Goudreau. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. You ready to get into some media criticism? We haven't done this in a while. I'm actually kind of Oh, excited. I can't wait for where this goes. <laughs> really? Yeah, let's do it. So Joey and Matt both kind of disagree with me about this or whatever. We're going to get into it. So there's a commercial that I keep seeing that I, I take a little umbrage to. And you know me. I'm not, uh, you uh, know, I, I'm not super offended by anything, really. Uh, and I'm not offended by this, but I, I think that maybe it's not thought through and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it's something that I wanted to bring up. It's The Honest Company. This is Jessica Alba's company. Uh, it's a baby. It's a, for diapers. It's a diaper commercial. And I don't know. There's something off about it. And I'm going to play it in a second. You guys can't see it. But if you want to look for it, it's The Honest Company. Baby boom commercial. All right. Baby boom. Commercial. Yeah. It's 30 seconds. I'm going to play it. The reason I'm going to play it is because the music and the images together, to me, if you're a pedophile, you watch it, you're mm-hmm. aroused by this. That's my guess. I don't know anything about, I don't know, like what pedophiles get aroused by, but this seems in poor taste. I don't think I have to clarify that. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's uh, This seems in poor taste to me, and then, and then we'll just have a quick discussion about it. Wait, 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 wait. Let me stop it, because you got to hear the beginning of this. All right. I'll kind of explain what's going on. The first shot... And I, this is typical of a lot of diaper commercials, which I think is ridiculous. There's a baby wearing a goddamn diaper, no top. None of all the babies are topless, but there's girl babies in it, right? And it's this kid is like wiggling his ass, like doing a little dance. And listen to the lyrics of this song. You tell me if this is weird. I don't know. You guys let me know. And that's babies like dancing around. All topless. Girl. Girl. Does your mama know you dance like that? Like, I get what they're you doing. You stepped on it. Just pull no, 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 it no, 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 no. It's a baby dancing. So it's like, does your mama know you dance like that? But it's sexual. It's like it's a club sound. You know what I mean? I it's think like, you're looking way too much into this. It's I... not looking into it too much. It, they didn't look into it too much. They they know what they're doing. They're play, they're, it's playing off that of like, yeah, shake your ass, lady, like in the club. But it's baby, so it's cute. But not if you're a fucking predator and you're watching this, right? I mean, I, Do you understand what I'm I th- saying? I think you're over-sexualizing. The, I, I really don't think No, it's, I think they're over-sexualizing. Play it. Let's hear I, the music. I think, it's like, I think if anything, the music is like, okay, it's taking this club-sounding song, but it's like, oh. To you. It don't matter who look. Put your hands in the air now. Jump, jump. Came in here to have fun. fun. Little girls, topless. Hey, 
So you're upset that the little girl is topless? I'm not upset. I just think it's an overlooked thing. Like, A, if I had a, a daughter, mm-hmm. I don't want her fucking running around topless on a, a set anyway. You know what I mean? They're, they're, I don't know how old these kids are. I have no idea. But they're maybe a year old, two years, you know, whatever. How old you have to be to like wear a diaper, but also be able to dance i don't know uh <laughs> newly married we'll get to this. yeah i'll figure per- it perhaps out. in time we'll understand these things yeah but you know what i mean it's like it's sexual it's odd to me that's all and it's a lot of diaper commercials it's not just this one but this one it's fine does your mama know you dance like that it's like a little girl topless sensually naked sh- like dancing prov- quote provide she's not dancing provocatively but it's like that's the joke of it you know what i mean it was really, i don't know it was really hard to t- teach a baby to twerk you said it man not me <laughs> uh but anyway yeah you know what i mean so anyway that's you got you guys don't feel the same huh i, no. I just think it's it, it, like you're i think you're over, you're looking too deep into this one i think it's just okay kids little baby girls will run around without a shirt on regularly that's yeah, not in my a, house like in their house maybe not on tv I, I don't think they're even remotely se- like i don't think it's even remotely sexualized in any way it's kind of unless you're a fucking freak predator that likes to you know well, it finds you, children sexual i don't think we can you think if you show let me ask you this well who are they marketing to i would assume moms, let's break it down right Okay. Moms. Because it's not the babies, because babies are not going to buy diapers for themselves. Well, maybe in Trump's America, whenever they get work. I mean, you know, they're irresponsible and should start making a living now. The infant unemployment rate under Obama was sky high. And, you know, I think Trump's probably going to fix that. <laughs> no, it's marketed to moms. Uh, that's great. But do you think if you showed this to G- a Jerry Sandusky type, you telling me Jerry Sandusky doesn't see this commercial and go, mm-hmm. I, th- I think Sandusky was more into 10-year-old boys. There's 10-year-old boys dancing. Well, no, no, Jer- no. Okay, but, but whatever. There's I'm pretty boys sure his sister did not wear diapers as well. Also, it's pretty fucked up that at the end, it says, no, damn it. Ah, damn it. I'm so annoyed right now. What? Nothing. Matt said something and I was going to make a joke and then it slipped my mind. Uh, oh. He said I was reading too much into it. And I was going to make a joke that it was like a sexual hashtag, but I forgot now. It's okay. Anyway, all right. Well, so you guys think I'm wrong. Glad we settled that. Fuck. It's going to drive me crazy because I'm going to remember it later and be like, damn it. I should have said that. I okay. hate you. Ah, oh, fuck off, Joey. Um, all right. So that's what I got to say. You guys let me know. It's Baby Boom, The Honest Company. Definitely just watch the video. It's 30 seconds. You can check it out. You let me know what you think or just generally on the idea. But I think it's, you know, inappropriate. See, see, I would feel you would have like a grape with it if it was all young girls dancing. But it's only two of them for two seconds it's i i think you're reading too much into it i could be you're right i could be but i just think it's odd i don't know i I've, i said my cat you know and i would think the feminist argument would be that why are we oh damn it yes no, 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 you too. just reminded me yes i'm so happy oh thank god feminism i, I was gonna say <laughs> i think it's inappropriate at the end that it's hashtag free the nipple but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay thank you oh you got it I'm oh. Glad you see that <laughs> I got it. That's oh. a little. It's too much. It's too, you know, too far. The, the middle of the routine. <laughs> the middle of the routine got wobbly, but he stuck the landing. I stuck the landing. I was. I oh. carry shrugged it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the next thing. This, so we'll display this next clip, and then we have a uh, just a Trump odds and ends, and okay. we'll wrap up. This is a pretty going to be. A, this is the magical three hour episode. I think we've been working on. Nice. Um, all right. This is neither here nor there but it's just funny to me and it's something i wanted to point out of like what kind of reaction is this this is the shit that's on television that a lot of people watch and it's like you you're acting like a child maria shriver 
Maria Shriver is on the Today Show. She now that's the one married to Arnold Schwarzenegger. What formerly married? Yeah, they got divorced. They got, oh, that's right. Know, that's Arnold right. That's the right. Maid that's right. The maid. Okay. Uh, and she's a Kennedy. Um, you know, she's hosts like the twelfth hour of the Today Show, and uh-huh. she had Lena Dunham on, who Lena Dunham obviously is star of Girls, which is a show uh-huh. that I watch. Uh, oh, what? The first season of Girls is excellent. It gets precipitously like, all right, but it's only a half hour show, so I keep watching. It's pretty funny. Okay. The first season of Girls is very, very good. I really enjoyed it. Um, Maria Shriver's interviewing Lena Dunham because Girls is premiered this past weekend. And it gets crazy at the end here because Lena Dunham throws Maria Shriver off as though Maria Shriver has never heard a certain word before and then just doesn't know how to handle it. And so I just want to play it because I think what's the word? Play it, play it, play it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hold on. I'm getting to the, uh, this is like the little wrap up to the end of the show here. So here we go. This is Maria Shriver getting thrown completely off by Lena Dunham. And it's just embarrassing that an adult woman couldn't handle this. The generation. I just have to be making space for the voices that actually make up our generation. Lena Dunham, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. I had a chance to look at three uh, season, uh, three shows for this You season. two haven't heard those, right? No. Okay. I've season, it looked terrific. You saw a penis, right? Yeah, yeah I, I saw more than that. I saw, yeah, you, you caught me there for a second. I'm not sure if you're allowed to say that on television. Why wouldn't you be allowed to say penis on television? It's the word for what a dick is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's the medical word. It's the word. It's the word. You can't say. You, Matt said before. It's like you can't say sloppy cock. I'd understand. Yeah, you could say penis though. That's okay. Why wouldn't you be able to say it? Like tits, I don't think you're Mar- not going to be able to say it. breasts. I you don't can say. think Maria was expecting her to be so cavalier. And uh... hasn't she watched the show? Yeah, she watched the first three episodes and she saw a penis and t- a lot of nudity and whatever. I, this isn't done. This clip isn't even done. So she, I don't even know if you can say that on television. Uh, well, penis, you can. P- perhaps Newsflash, you can. Perhaps this is why Arnold slept with the maid if she's uh, so afraid of seeing a penis. She can't handle it. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> I gotta work on my Arnold. <laughs> You did. I mean, you did. That's right. We saw. You can actually see a lot of things uh, when you're going out with a bang. You're going out with a bang. Okay. Well, we're just going out. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's Matt Lauer off stage. What? What? Matt, help! She she just threw me off. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's okay. That's okay. See, that's the difference between generations. I wasn't brought up talking like that. Thank you. Like Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I wasn't brought up talking Absolutely. like that. It's mutt. Just smut uh, being thrown around. I, what are you saying, Maria Striver? You're insane. I was. I didn't. You didn't grow up referring to things by what they're called. What are you saying? She called it a ding dong. Thank you very much. Yes. Your your ween. Um. She wasn't expecting to be on the show. Actually, she wasn't expecting to have Laura Dunn on the show. Laura Dunn. <laughs> Throwing the word penis around, right? She she's putting on a, she's putting on a show for house moms. Is that right? It's today's show, right? Yeah. yeah. It's everybody's show. It's to be selling those baby diapers. It's America's to the show. moms. We're at home watching yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. This this country's going who, who, down the who's toilet. Who's not expecting to know about penises? Trump's right. This country this is American carnage. You got this fucking millennial hippie mm-hmm. on there. 
embarrassing a Kennedy yes, by saying the word penis. penis. Then it cuts to a fucking commercial, and it's babies provocatively dancing with no tops on. This country is a slum, it all, and we need Trump to set us right. He will. It all started when they allowed married couples and TV shows to sleep in the same bed. You're goddamn right. I liked when Lucy and Desi were, you know, 16 feet apart in their single beds. Uh, let's. This is not done yet. This is know. still chaos at the Today Show because of the word penis. So, so this I'm is. Sorry. <laughs> you said penis. Thank no. you so much. Wait a me. minute. You're oh. still on the air. Sit oh. down. I am. Yes, you are. You're still on the air, Matt. Are you supposed to be saying something? No, we aren't still on the air, but you are. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> HBO. I'm thrilled by what's just happened here. <laughs> <laughs> This is Maria Shriver uh, yes. and Lena Dunham on yes. today. We're on today, yes, thank you. <laughs> You're both so attractive. <laughs> That's the end of the clip. Can you believe that? She w- She's used to uh, the impertune cuts. Like, we're going to cut it, we're done. That is shocking. And when it didn't get cut, it's like, oh, I'm on live TV. Yeah, but she freaked out over the word penis. She just didn't know what to do. Because she wasn't expecting a millennial to throw the word penis out after a several discussion about a TV show. We can listen to the rest of the interview. They're talking about the show. It's not like, all right, whatever, Joey. You get what I'm saying. Is it weird that she reacted that way? Yes. We're talking about a 60-year-old woman. She might be older than that. How old is Arnold? What difference does that make? Find rage, please. Because women of an older statue don't throw around penis. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Nina Hartley? Yes, everybody. Go and Google Nina Hartley. You should have said the other one. Who? The Golden Girl. What's her face? Betty White? Yeah, Betty White. You're no, just Nina Betty Hartley's White. a porn star. She's 70 years old or oh, something. Oh, good God. What? Or, look up how old Nina Hartley is. But she's, I don't want that. <laughs> no, no, just, it's she's, she's Maria Shriver's age. You get a pass, bro. You get a pass. She's an older woman. Very sexual. And Maria Shriver is 61 for the record. Okay. okay. She looks decent. Damn I, right. I can't speak towards Nina Hartley. How old is she? Google it. Don't be a puss. Come on. Excuse me. A vagina? I don't want to oh, throw God. it Oh, God. Oh. All right. Look it up quick, and then we're gonna get to the, um, you know, the Trump odds and ends. Which is she, she is fifty seven. Okay, so okay, okay, there you go. Same same age. All right, Trump odds and ends. You ready for this shit? Yeah. So five thirty eight, which we talked about quite a bit on the show, put out a congressional Trump score, which is a tally of how often every member of Congress, excuse me, votes with or against Trump. They're gonna keep that tally going. And it calculates like how many times, what percentage they should have voted with him based on the district that they represent, how many times over they go, how many, you know, it tracks a lot of information and you can go to projects dot five thirty eight, each word written out dot com slash Congress dash Trump dash score. And that's going to keep getting updated as you know, this continues. And it's just an interesting resource to see. Like for example, um, Maybe not, for example, because I forget who it was. But somebody today for the first time, I think maybe it was McCain, but I could be mm-hmm. completely wrong, voted against something that Trump proposed. He's 17 for 18 of things mm. that Trump's proposed. So it's just interesting to kind of keep that track because people outwardly say, oh, I don't support this. Kate, McCain, I think it was But you McCain. can go look at the voting Yeah, you can go look see. and see what they've done, you know? So that's an interesting resource, I think. I'm actually going to look it up real quick. Let me see. Uh, say something, guys. Well, so uh, I was I was skimming through, and it looked like there was a few Democrats who had flipped. The, some of the Democrats had flipped on like one vote. It looked like I looked I looked into it. And it looked like uh, the major one was for to allow Mattis to become 
uh, Secretary of Defense, right, to uh, grant that. Not or not to not. not yeah, even McCain, ninety four point four percent. So this guy's been very critical, but he's agreed with almost everything that Trump has done. Guys like. Uh, you know, Lindsey Graham. Guess what Lindsey Graham's Trump score is? How often a member votes in line with Trump's position? I'm guessing 100. 100%. Hmm. <laughs> but there's a guy that's been like, no way. He's no good. Meanwhile, 100%. Yeah. Okay. You know who has the least Trump score? No, this is going to be a Republican. We have Christian. No, no, no. It's all members of Congress. Uh, oh, it's all of them. Se- okay. Senate or Congress? Congress. So, uh, I, I look up the Senate. It was uh, Gillibrand, right? Yeah, it's Kirsten Gillibrand from New York, who uh, in some ways is a dark horse candidate, I think. Maybe as a vice presidential candidate, we'll see. But, you know. I mean, I... Can we not talk about vice president? Okay, I'm just saying. But anyway, so, okay. That's an interesting resource if you guys want to check it out. She's my senator. <coughs> yeah. I called her office recently. That's very nice. What'd you say? I was against Betsy DeVos' nomination. I wanted her to do a better job fighting. Uh, she She made it. She made it yeah. through. Yeah, they did, did a good job. They tried. A tribe called Quest, Anderson Pack, Busta Rhymes, and Consequence were at the Grammys this weekend to perform a song off of a tribe called Quest's new album, uh, Thank You for Your Service, or something like that. They, but something happened. They prefer, Well, they performed the song We the People, which is a great song. And as far as protests have gone from artists so far, uh-huh. this was a good one. We're going to play four clips from this quick i mean they're like 10 second clips but this is how the protests went as they came out to perform at the grammys ready uh-huh. we like to say to all of those people around the world all of those people who are pushing people who are in power to represent them tonight we represent you and we also dedicate this to our brother who's not here fight dog okay i can't play the music because we don't have you know on the rights to it but i wish i could play it because i love the song um all right so that's the first part so that's cool first of all this is live television nothing else really happened gaga didn't do any shit at the super bowl which f- that's fine but she you know, jumped think, off the roof but nothing it politi- was incredible but nothing political i'm saying she sung this is my land this is your land that's not how fun. how could you not get more any political than that I mean, it is a bit of a protest. It is a bit of a protest song there. I'm this not playing you to sleep. How dare you? How dare you? Wasn't that originally meant to say? Uh, that was Guthrie, wasn't it? Was it I, I don't think that's how Lady Gaga intended it. This is another yeah. clip from this oh. performance. Ready? Uh-huh. This is Busta Rhymes comes out. Listen to this guy. Now, hey, yo, consequence. What up, boss? I'm not feeling the political climate right now. I feel you. I feel you. I just want to thank... President Agent Orange up, for perpetuating all of the evil that you've been perpetuating no. throughout the United States. I want to thank President Agent Orange for no. your unsuccessful attempt at the Muslim ban. When we come together, we the people. We the people. We the people. We the people. I can't play it anymore. Oh, <laughs> I want to so bad. Um, it sounds like he's ready to break some necks. Oh, very good. That's a callback to one of Buster Rhymes' uh, cause, you know, seminal hits. Break your neck bitches uh this is the closing no it's not gonna be the title so you don't have to write it down this is gonna be the uh this is like the end of the performance okay i just felt i liked this because it's like if you're gonna do this do it right and Mm -hmm. listen to the fucking fire coming out of this at the end of this performance resist 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 (laughs) I like that. 
That makes me happy. I was like, that's how you fucking do it. If you're going to do something, do it. Meanwhile, you notice Mealy Mouth didn't say fucking dick about that. Uh, right? Did he tweet about this? His audience doesn't I'm watch our dead. tribe card quest. Glad, glad Fife Dog's dead. <laughs> his raps were weak. Okay. <laughs> he his, his base doesn't listen to no uh, tribe card quest. No, but a he quest responds tribe to or whatever the a hell tribe called quest. Uh, he responds to everything everybody says. He's watching SNL. His base is a big like Melissa McCarthy fan. They love that. He. I'm just saying, interesting that when somebody really comes out and does something like that, it's not a big enough a stage. About, yeah. Okay. The Grammys. Yeah, you're right. Not a big enough stage. Uh, okay. So Mika Brzezinski. What were you looking up, Matt? Did I have you looking? Uh, I was just you? looking up your land. This land is your land. Just, oh, see just you. stop it. It doesn't matter. You get my point. Do she it. didn't do that. I wasn't going to bring it up. I just she wanna... didn't do that at the ground, which I understand. I actually kind of appreciated that she was like, have him read what he found. She's like, I'm here to make everybody feel good. Like this is supposed to be fun. She wasn't singing that as a divisive thing. There I, were drones behind her. Joe, I did not form a substantive, substantive argument on the. Matter. All right, fine. Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough banned Kellyanne Conway from Morning Joe on Wednesday. You ready to look at this? <laughs> Who gives a shit? No, I like the way they did it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> at times in recent days, Kellyanne Conway has struggled to be on the same page, to say the least. This is clipped a little bit, by the way. Like, they cut out, like, certain okay. parts that have nothing to do with this, but okay. As the rest of the staff in the White House, take a look. General Flynn does enjoy the full confidence of the president. He's speaking to the vice president, to Vice President Pence, relative to the conversation the vice president had with General Flynn, and also speaking to various other people about what he considers the single most important subject there is, our national security. And so, uh, Rick, Joe was just saying that she books herself on these shows. We know for a fact she tries to book herself on this show. I won't do it because I don't believe in fake news or information that is not true, and that is... Uh, Every time I've ever seen her on television, something's askew, off, or incorrect. That's kind of crazy, by the way, that she books herself. Like, that's why she's on all these talk shows. If you notice, she's doing it herself. I have no idea. She's getting her own attention. By the way, I forget what site it was, Slate, or one of like a a pretty like left wing site found footage of Kellyanne Conway from an open mic. And it's not good. It's not fair. I'm not going to play it. Cause it's like, you know, everybody's open mic footage. You wouldn't necessarily want that out there, but it's not good. I pray to God. There's no footage of me at open mics. Yeah, there is of me, but what it's not online. Are we going back to seventies? 70. I don't know how she old she looks old to me. An bro. embryo. She, she looks, she, I don't know. It's like the nineties at some point. I don't know. She looks used. She doesn't look great, but, uh, the, Anyway, my point being, there on some level, she's interested in fame, not, you know, like if she's doing open mics and shit like that, she's interested in like being funny and being liked and like being a comic. Who isn't? Kellyanne Conway. Well, but um, a lot of people, okay. but Kellyanne Conway uh, is booking herself on these shows. It's just interesting. <laughs> so yeah, this continues. Other piece of news right. concerns, Joe, you have some reporting on this as well. Well, it, you know, it's it's actually the same thing I've heard since Donald Trump was elected by his top aides mm-hmm. and uh, again confirmed it last night. She's out of the loop. She's in none of the key meetings. She goes out and books herself often. And, uh, you know, I said he's that- a he's a former Republican congressman, by the way, from Florida. It's not yes. like he's some, you know, left wing hack or whatever. He's a right wing hack. This morning, I saw some of the headlines yesterday and felt badly because the language I used was so harsh. And I'm going to take it back about her, quote, lying. I think, Rick Tyler, it is uh, equally as bad 
that a spokesperson in the White House actually goes out and makes things up. She doesn't know. She doesn't have the information. She's not in any of the key meetings. She's not briefed. And so she'll go out like she did yesterday. She'll hear me say something about her. Uh, as apparently, the, this is what I heard from inside the White House, and then she'll immediately start calling, and she'll call uh, people that go on TV and defend herself. Who's that sound and like? So then she goes on the Today Show, gives misinformation, as oh. she does on all of these shows. And again, I don't even think she's saying something that she knows to be untrue. She's just saying things just to get in front of the TV set and prove irrelevance. Because behind anymore. the scenes. Behind the scenes, she's not in these meetings. And any reporter can ask anybody in that White House, and they will say the same thing. She's not in the meeting. So, everybody, I will right, say, uh, Kellyanne Conway <clears throat> does not need to text our show, at least as long as I'm on it, because it's not happening here. Uh, oh, that's brutal. So, so what caused this? Is this, A, the, oh, damn it, the massacre? Is this the shoe thing? Yeah, it's a lot. It's all of it. Or is this just a diversion to get away from Michael Flynn? No, 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 no. Morning Joe's on for three hours, so they have plenty of time to talk about whatever they want. They're saying that she, Kellyanne Mm -hmm. Conway, is not privy to the important information in the the White House. She is not in- So there's no reason to have her on. She's not in the meetings- she doesn't. She's not in the loop. Essentially, she's not in the Bannon, Kushner, Trump, Stephen Miller. Now, I guess, like loop. Uh, and so she goes on these shows that she books herself on. Nobody's asking her to go like defend the administration. She goes on them, and when they ask her questions, she doesn't know the answer to. She makes up an answer because she doesn't actually know it. She's not intentionally being like malicious, but she doesn't have an answer, and she can't say I don't know. So she just makes it up. Hmm. They don't need that. They're like, we're not gonna do that. There's no reason to have somebody that has no information on to talk to them. She doesn't have the information. It's sad, actually, really. I mean, they're just, it sounds like they're just calling her pathetic. It's, it is pathetic. They are I saying know, it's well, pathetic. It's, it's nice to see that stop. actually called out. No, it is. It's good. You know what? Don't do it. If you don't, if you don't want people to call you out, don't do it. So I don't, have, I don't have a problem with it. It's embarrassing for her, and it should be. She should stop doing it. I feel that there's something happening behind the scenes that, uh, that brought this on. No, I don't think so. I think she's demonstrated for the first... It's been three weeks. Every weekend, for the first three weeks, she's gone on the morning shows, and then on Monday, it's like, yeah, that's not true. Like, you broke federal law. You shouldn't have done that. You said this. That's that true. was not true. That massacre didn't happen. She's the one that said alternative fact. You don't understand? Like, It, it didn't really sound like they were holding much back there. No. There's like weird... She's kind of a moron. We're not People are getting around. sick of it, as they should. It's fucking annoying. Trump still... like. Hey, how often do you see people, like, I know you'll still see it, uh-huh. but towards the end of the campaign, right when he took office, all you heard was Trump tweeted this, Trump tweeted that, Trump said this, Trump said that. Now it's just like, yeah, Trump's tweeting, whatever. <laughs> people May are kind of starting something? to tune it out because it's fucking annoying after a while. All right. Uh, it gets old. All right. I'm going to say this. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the sketch that they did on Saturday Night Live with uh, Carrie Ann Conway. Did you see that? No. Okay. I thought it was funny. You could tell me that. No, they just, you know, did a sketch where she, she was like basically, uh, the sketch was set up where they're doing, uh, is it Basic Instinct? No, it's the other one. I forgot the name of the movie, but they set it up as a movie and she's the crazy one that goes after him with a knife. Mm. Yeah, well, okay, but that, okay, so that's based on the same kind of idea. Well, 
It's not. What was the point? That like he's crazy and she can't keep control of him? Is that the idea? No, that she's just batshit crazy. So that, that can't be right. Yeah, I'd, I'd have that's to watch, not a premise. Yeah, I have to watch it. But anyway, okay. Yeah. Going after the night, I'm thinking like you're watching Psycho or something. Right. Anyway, point being, Kellyanne Conway, like we've been saying, not a trustworthy figure, not mm-hmm. somebody that knows what she's talking about, often misstates, lies, just makes things up. And now it's coming out even now that they're like, yeah, we're just not even going to talk to her. It's just not fucking worth it. It's not even real information. She has no way of knowing. She's not involved. It's interesting. Okay. Do you have some information about Mar-a-Lago, Joey? Yes, I do. Let me hear about it. All right. So it turns out, as everybody knows, that North Korea happened to shoot a bunch of uh, missiles up into the sky. And Trump met with the uh, Japanese prime minister. Shinzo Abe. Thank you. And it turns out that this meeting where they talked about the missiles happened at Mar-a-Lago, his resort, and not in a secure White House room. Right. He's sitting out on the patio. In the situation room. Yeah. He's sitting out on the patio at Mar-a-Lago with the prime minister of Japan. And people are just openly walking around. I mean, you know, people that have that are members of Mar-a-Lago, the, the, whatever you call it, the country club, the resort, whatever. And it, taking pictures while he's looking at documents, taking pictures while he's on the phone. P- in fact, one of the people that are there, do you, you know where I'm going with this? What about the football? No, about the light. Oh yeah. The football. Yeah. You could say about the football too. Good. Well, apparently, uh, as you all know, everybody has their cell phones. So apparently, uh, Trump and the prime minister were being informed about the missile. Uh, one of the military aides had the football, the nuclear football, which is the iconic nuclear codes, right? which like nobody has ever seen or have any idea what it looks like, but yet it's on Facebook and it's a huge blunder because we're having an insight to things we normally shouldn't see. Of course, right. Yeah, people just taking pictures. And so they, now, no, no, no. Yeah, so, so now here's the issue. So you have the entire population now who go to Facebook who can take a look and actually see what the football looks like or see the individual who carries the football. Sure. Now you take that, and we all know that there was companies that have software recognition well, you could find out everything about that one individual who's carrying that football. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's the reality. very dangerous. I mean, it is extremely dangerous. On top of that, like, I believe Trump used someone's cell phone flashlight, like a person that is at Mar-a-Lago, like, to read a document or something. Like, that actually... Yeah, there could be cameras on that. that well, could yeah. Be- Any of those people could be spies. You don't fucking know. Like, now that you know he's just spending his weekends at fucking Mar-a-Lago, it's... Could you imagine if Hillary Clinton spent the weekend at like a resort that she owned and then just had a national security meeting about North Korea just on the porch? Do you think that they'd be like, well, you know, she does it her own way? <laughs> or do you think they'd be a little upset about well, that? Again, you don't do know. Do you think they'd yell Benghazi until their fucking throats fell out? No, it's lock her up. Yeah, well, whatever. But this shit is beyond the pale. So you have a room. Well, well, maybe it's not that bad because you have individuals in a room that pay two hundred thousand dollars to get there. So I'm pretty sure they'll, you know, they're they deserve to see people. sensitive information. They earned it. They're Americans. They made their money. They're good patriot people. Because no Russian could pay two hundred thousand dollars to get in there. Yeah, and bigger point. 
probably did. We know that there's these weird connections between him and Russia. There are probably Russia. Yeah, I mean, not that like everybody that's from Russia is some kind of spot, but like people that even have connection with. I don't know. It's just it's it's not uh, okay. Like, where is the uh, hey, any outrage about this shit? Um, do you know who didn't pay two hundred thousand dollars to get into that room? Who the workers? What do you mean? Oh, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, you think every you think every Mexican guy that works at fucking Mar-a-Lago loves Trump? <laughs> Right, doesn't want any, you know, like there's nobody with a vendetta against Trump. On a good day, maybe they get paid 13 bucks an hour. Yeah. You don't know what they're up to, or, you know. That's not why, saying that anybody that's is That's why we're building a wall. Thank you, thank you. Good but, point. But, but Chris, people <laughs> no, want- No, I get your point. People people want transparency in government. They want things to be in the light of day. Here yeah. we have it on the porch. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's really, it's really wacky. You got anything else on that, Joe? Because we got a couple more things, and then we're going to go. I mean, this is a really long episode. No, nah, that's uh, everything about that. I just wanted to mention the football. Yeah, no, it's a, a reasonable point. Sure, not something you'd think that you'd have to worry about. By the way, by the way, uh, Obama got hammered by the Republicans. Like, oh, he's always golfing. That's all he does is golf. He golfs, he golfs. By Trump in particular. Yeah, what has Trump been doing every weekend since he became president? Golfing. He's going been opening to, golf courses. Yeah. I'm not going to go on vacation. I'm going to get things done. He's been at fucking Florida for every weekend since he's been president. And New York, he's just all over the place. <laughs> every picture you see of him, he's at Mar-a-Lago or in the goddamn Gold Palace in Manhattan. He's not, he's taking vacations. That's a vacation. Do you think he's going to move the White House to Mar-a-Lago? I don't think he's going to have time. <laughs> I think he's just going to, he has kind of, that's what I'm saying. They're spending the weekends there. That's so crazy. Has anybody seen Melania? Melania, by the way? I've yes. been reading. Where's She's she rather been? unhappy right now. She, How come? Because this is not the lifestyle she signed up for. Ah, she, shut the fuck up, Melania. She was. She. I wanted to be the most rich, not the most powerful. Okay. Ex- well, <laughs> you got to deal with it. Okay. I, I was joking that. D- deal with it, babe. I was joking. That this is all a uh, monkey's paw type situation with her. That uh. Whoa. Like what? The, the monkey oh yeah, paw, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You, you wish yeah. something would everything goes horribly wrong. You, I. She wished to be with the, be the, <laughs> the richest, most powerful woman in America. Yeah. You. Well, si- you said. You sit down, and I'm going to grab you by the pussy. Okay. That's his wife. That's an Eminem. You're, ta- you're talking about another man's wife. No, I'm being him talking about his wife. It's a totally different thing. Oh, okay. It's satire. That, that's, con- right. that's consensual then. Yes. Uh, maybe. Mm. Do you? Uh, mm. That's rape culture. That because a man, oh, a, a no, husband can't stop, rape his no. wife. Come oh, on. I've, oh, God, I've done it again. You stepped in it. Oh, oh man. Matt D. Weiss. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. Trump is expected to sign a leaked memo to suspend a 2010 rule that discouraged U.S. companies from purchasing conflict minerals which fund conflict and human rights abuses in the Congo. Here's a quote from Carly Oboth. Uh, who's a policy advisor at Global Witness, a group exposing funding behind global global conflicts. Any executive action suspending the U.S. conflict minerals rule would be a gift to predatory uh, armed groups seeking to profit from Congo's minerals as well as a gift to companies wanting to do business with the criminal and the corrupt. It is an abuse of power that the Trump administration is claiming that the law should be suspended through a national security exemption intended for emergency purposes. Suspending this provision could actually undermine U.S. national security. Yeah, it seems like what he ran on, right? He talked about, like, changing the rules about U.S. companies investing in conflict minerals. That, that was one of he the He doesn't main, know what half those words mean. That was one of the main tenets of his campaign. Well, the the question comes down to... Who do those minerals belong to? No, it doesn't. I mean, it belo- well, the that's is, not the question. The issue is how they're being mined. And right, slave- and what they're funding, right. It's slave labor coming out of there, and they're saying that it could go, the money could be going to terrorists. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it's the people who are profiting off of slave labor. We don't want to support that. Right. So we, are fun- we would be funding our enemies 
to get to save a buck. Right, and you know, endangering children essentially. So, well, like I've said it a number of times on the show, like flippantly, but it's like there are little African kids digging minerals out of the ground that go in your cell phone. That's a reality. Should we be funding that? And for, and for every dollar we save of on the minerals themselves, we're gonna have to spend two on national security. Right, right. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. Hmm. So okay, that's good. Thank you, Donald, for doing that. Trump is still lying about election fraud and illegal voting. Here's an no. here's a quote from a Politico article called "Trump Brings Up Vote Fraud Again." This time in meeting with senators <laughs> on Thursday during a meeting with ten senators that was billed as a listening session about Supreme Court nominee Neil Gorsuch. The president went off on a familiar tangent, suggesting again that he was a victim of widespread voter fraud, despite the fact that he won the presidential election. As soon as the door closed and the reporters allowed to observe for a few minutes had been ushered out, Trump began to talk about the election, participants said, triggered by the presence of former New Hampshire Senator Kelly Ayotte, who lost her re-election bid in November and is now looking for Trump as a Capitol Hill liaison or... Uh, is now working for Trump as a Capitol Hill liaison or Sherpa on the nomination of Judge Gorsuch. The president claimed that he and Ayat both would have been victorious in the Granite State if not for the, quote, thousands of people who were, quote, brought in on buses from neighboring Massachusetts to, quote, illegally vote in New Hampshire, according to one participant who described the meeting, quote, an uncomfortable silence momentarily overtook the room. In other news, Donald Trump now points a dead horse to his press secretary. Yeah, it's unbelievable, I mean, man. Just how often does he have to keep saying this? He won. Do you remember he won? Yeah. Why New Hampshire though? Because Kelly Ayotte was there, and that's one of his things. He's like, people are coming from New Hampshire. They're, I mean, people are coming from Massachusetts. They voted illegally by the by the thousands that they bust people in. Do you understand how obvious that would be <laughs> if a bus pulled up at a polling place and they're like, "Hey, everybody!" With all the cell phones with, out today, with, with Massachusetts plates. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> insane. It's just a crazy person's thing to say, especially because he won. Yeah. Okay. This is the final two bits. This one's crazy, and I just wanted to bring it up. Moby. Do you remember this? The, the singer Moby, yes. Yeah, musician, DJ Moby. He made some claims about Trump on Facebook, which I'm going to read right now. After spend, This is Moby on Facebook. Okay. After spending the weekend talking to friends who work in D.C., I can safely say, well, accurately, post the following things. One. The Russian dossier on Trump is real, 100% real. Okay. He's being blackmailed by the Russian government, not just for being peed on by Russian hookers, but for much more nefarious things. Two, the Trump administration is in collusion with the Russian government and has been since day one. Three, the Trump administration needs a war, most likely with Iran. At present, they are putting U.S. warships off the coast of Iran in the hope that Iran will attack one of the ships and give the U.S. a pretense for invasion. Four, there are right-wing plans to get rid of Trump, He's a drain on their fundraising and their approval ratings, and the GOP and Koch brothers and other U.S. right-wing groups are planning to get rid of Trump. Five, intelligence agencies around the world and here in the U.S. are horrified by the incompetence of the Trump administration and are working to present information that will lead to high-level firings and ultimately impeachment. Maybe Flynn's the beginning of that. I'm writing these things so that when, if these things happen, there will be public record beforehand. These are truly wow. baffling and horrifying times as we have an incompetent president who is essentially owned by a foreign power. Moby. <laughs> is he out of his mind? Well, he, he wants to be a footnote in history from a, on Facebook. Well, wait, it gets better. So then he posts on, Insta- <laughs> wait, what? He posts on Instagram later. <laughs> oh my uh, God. Uh, and, he go- and meanwhile, I'm not saying any of that. I don't know, but it's just interesting that the fucking musician moby has put that out there right that's a pretty big thing to say yeah, it's moby 
Moby later posts on Instagram, hey, I'm just a clown. <laughs> I mean, maybe there isn't a hashtag Trump administration plan to go to war with Iran. And maybe Trump's inner circle isn't filled with Russian operatives. And maybe Russia doesn't have utterly damning info on Trump that's keeping him under their thumb. And maybe the Koch brothers and their pals aren't looking at options to get out of the Trump, uh, to get Trump out of the White House. Just don't look too closely at Flynn and Manafort and the USS Cole and the Russians who disappeared. This is on Instagram? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Or died recently in what's currently happening in the ukraine again i'm just a bald clown who probably knows nothing i'm gonna go make some balloon animals now how did the uss cole get dragged into this i don't know i we, it was late when i saw this i googled uss cole and i was like i don't have time to go down this rabbit hole but, <laughs> but, i mean I, I, everything else uh, is like okay this is not like i sort of on board with you there's although something we, there unless moby's completely losing it i don't know i mean i, I think there's I, I can see where he's coming from i I can't prove anything. I feel similarly in many ways. I don't, I'm just confused by the USS Cole. I got to read more about the USS Cole. I don't know. I just didn't have time yet. All right. So anyway, so we'll keep an eye on that. So when Moby turns up dead, you know why. And if, uh, could you imagine if he's right about all of it? Um, the Wouldn't only th- that be just amazing? I, I can't imagine. It seems like all of it seems practical. Like, Plausible. Yeah. Certainly. There has to be more to the USS Cole because I feel that that's always a calling card. Like it that that come keeps on coming up here. Right well, now. that was the precursor to nine eleven. You know, that was what happened before nine eleven. I mean, that one just sounds like something that's going to get thrown out repeatedly as a as just like oh conspiracy theory conspiracy like that, that's. Well, I don't just, know. I, not I, I, the I, first time I heard it. That's what I'm saying. I don't no, know what the. Re- I just I'm unsure of the relevance. I yeah, I don't know. I'd have to dig deeper because the Wiki, I just looked at the Wikipedia page quick and it wasn't like anything Russian related or whatever jumped yeah. out. I don't know unless the Russians. I have no idea. No idea. But he he, he wants to make sure that the future society knows that Moby uncovered all this yeah, shit. Yeah, well, he didn't uncover it. He just he made it public. So he made it public. It was a public Thank record. You. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, the New York Museum of the Moving Image released a statement saying the installation that Shia LaBeouf created... <laughs> No, 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 Saying ain't so. No, <laughs> no. Posed a serious and ongoing public safety hazard for the museum, its visitors, staff, local residents, and That's businesses. That's bullshit. The installation had become a flashpoint for violence and it was disrupted from its original intent. Ergo, there is no more... They he, shut him down? He will not divide us situation. How long did that last? 24 days? Well, yeah. Well, however long Trump's been in office. Can we just get Shia LaBeouf on, like, on a webcam for the next four years? Just I'd love to get Shia LaBeouf on this podcast. I mean... If you're listening, Shia, we want you. Yeah, in all seriousness, I like Shia. We've talked about Shia LaBeouf on this podcast. Yes, I like we have. him a lot. All right. I, I still... Uh, what? Uh, that has to be... Uh, I don't know. I just seen stop, stop obsessing. Too many loose ends. Stop obsessing about the USS Cole. It's just a thing he said. I don't know, but, you know, we'll see. Okay. That's all I got. You fuckers got anything else? I'm good. This yeah. Is a, this is a good long one. Yeah, man. Two and a half hours. Next week, we got to do an hour. I can't. I can't do it. We've done... You know, six and a half hours in the last three weeks. I mean, you you make the rundown. We just talk about what you want to talk about. That's the problem. I, I bookmark stuff. I organize. I'm like, oh, we won't talk about that. That's too much. Blah, blah, blah. I filter through it. I write this down. I'm like, oh, it's only like six pages. Like, that won't take that long. And then it ends up being fucking three hours. It's gold. Just go with it. Gold like my wall and my watch, bitch. <laughs> all right, Trump. Uh, all right, I have law. I got to go. Uh, listen, blueapron.com slash Samson. That's a great place to go. You get the three... For your first three meals for free, plus free shipping. It's delicious. It's delightful. You let me know if you try it. We'd appreciate it. Blueapron.com slash Samson, S A M P S O N. You can also go to brianwilson.bandcamp.com. You can pre order Oso Perizoso for $10. I highly suggest you do that. It comes out March 7th. If you don't pre order it, no problem. Go on iTunes, Spotify, all that other stuff. And probably next week or whatever the week is of the album release, we'll play another song so you guys get another uh, little taste of that. 
mandatory samson at gmail.com is how you can email us you can also go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory samson you can follow us on there you can leave a comment on the episode and we will respond to it itunes is a good place to go as well you can rate subscribe leave a comment you can find me on all social media platforms as at man samp joey is at joey from jersey jersey is spelled the z matt is matt d weiss on twitter and Honestly, I have nothing else to say. So I love you guys. Thank you very much for listening. Spread the word. Keep the faith. We will talk to you next week. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. No, we out.